0: shotglassdigital.com On this episode of Geek Out Loud, Patreon supporter and good friend Chad Reed stops by to talk a little superhero action. We're con- we're continuing this whole Marvel DC thing, but we're doing it from a different perspective on this, your safe place to geek out. This is the Geek Out Loud podcast. And welcome to Geek Out Loud, your safe place to geek out on the Internet. I was talking to my cousin Jason uh, from NCN Blog, from the NCN Blog, the No Credit Needed Blog. And I believe it's ncnblog.com. And uh, he was talking to me today. He's like, you know, when you said, when you made that statement, a safe place to geek out, he said, you opened the door for a community of people who just could hang out and geek out. And I'm like, I don't know that I did that because I'm pretty... I'm pretty staunch on my beliefs. I'm finding out more and more that I'm, I'm more of a geek, that it's not safe to geek out around me if you don't agree with me. But that, No, I'm just kidding. That's not true. But I'm glad to be along with you. Uh, we are excited tonight because, as we said at the outset, um, Patreon supporter is cashing in tonight, and he'll be cashing in again with Mark Out Loud in a couple of months looking forward to that by the way we'll talk about that in a little bit but i want to bring him in he is he is the man um who i'm embarrassed to do any audio work in front of after hearing his work at team legacy productions (laughs) ladies and gentlemen all the way from rome georgia i should have queued up rome if you want to chad reed hello hello how's it going man
1: wonderful steve how about you buddy
0: dude it's i'm doing well doing well i'm glad to have you on and and you know we'd uh, I I'd, I'd reached out to you right after the first month of Patreon support, and I'm like, hey, you got any ideas for this? And you're like, well, you know, I not really. And so, <laughs> <laughs> but then as you got to talking about it, you're like, you know, I, I I do watch these superhero movies and stuff, but I've never been a comic book reader, and right. I'm like, oh. And then as and then as some of this Marvel versus DC thing started going on, I was like, you know what? This is the perfect time to bring Chad in on this discussion because I think it's. I think it's I think it's a neat perspective to have because i I can't say that i've i mean it's been twenty plus gosh twenty six twenty seven years since I've been able to say yeah I don't read comic books you know and and so you in that time you forget that there's other perspectives that exist um right. even especially when you're talking about people who identify with the geek no with the geekdom and uh and so i'm I'm really looking forward to this before we get into that um I do want to, you know, I mentioned this on the Big Honkin' Show the other night. Uh, I've been dabbling in for our local cheerleading team uh, for the past couple of years, dabbling in, putting their music together for their competitions and stuff. And as Chad and I were emailing back and forth, I noticed, you know, in the email it mentioned Team Legacy Productions in his his signature. I'm like, I wonder what this is. So I, I, I Google stalked Chad and his business, and come to find out Chad does... Part of what he does is what I do for fun, you know, or on the side. He does for a living. And I'm like, I can't believe that I played what I had put together for the cheerleaders on the air while Chad was listening. I'm, I'm, I, you completely embarrassed me. And now I'm like, <laughs> and now I'm sitting here listening. I'm like, oh, all well, my levels good? Or every, is everything okay? Cause Chad's a pro. So, Shoot. um, what is, I'm
1: far from it, sir. What,
0: what is Team Legacy Productions? <clears throat>
1: well, it started out as, um, just, I mean, I, I started uh, college cheerleading right out of, out of of high school Mm -hmm. and um, did that for a little bit and then started coaching. I'm coaching at some local gyms and stuff and um, teaching tumbling Mm -hmm. and um, just kind of felt. and always been a music fan. I used to always sing all the time in church, um, praise team stuff. And so always had a musical side to me. So um, I found this part of it and just kind of, learned how to do it and taught myself how to do it. And so over the years kind of developed a business. Man. So. And,
0: and you're good at it. You're good at it. now, Doc Zen in, in the chat. Well, thank you, sir. Doc Zen saying to make you sing. <laughs> Negative.
1: <laughs> Negative. My my singing career is over. I had one highlight and I went on went out on top.
0: Oh yeah? What was the highlight?
1: I opened up for um Jennifer Knapp.
0: Oh wow. Okay. Remember her? Yes she was back in the nineties. Definitely. Yeah I remember Jennifer Knapp. That's awesome, dude.
1: So I did that one time, and that was about it.
0: Wow. Well, um, it's it's great to have you on, man, and I'm looking forward to our conversation. Uh, I do want to say thanks to everyone who has used the Amazon link over at geekoutonline.com to do your Amazon shopping. When you go there and use the link, it helps uh, the whole of the Goldiverse out. It, it's a big help. Um, actually, what Amazon money has started to do is pay directly into all of our hosting fees and stuff. Um, as we'll talk about in a minute i'm about to embark on doing seven different podcasts basically i've got seven podcasts that i'll be doing after wow. uh, after this week and so it it's it's crazy and that takes a lot of you know a lot of hosting stuff and that sort of thing and so the money from amazon a lot of times goes directly into our servers and our hosting and that sort of thing and uh, so when you use that link at geekoutonline.com it uh, it really helps out, and I appreciate it. I think you're supposed to clear your cookies before you use it. I'm not sure, but do that, and that way you'll definitely... You can search right there on that, and it'll take you to Amazon, and then just do your shopping through there, and it and it helps us out a lot. And special, huge thanks to all of our Patreon supporters. Had our biggest month yet at patreon.com slash geekoutloud, and I greatly, greatly appreciate all the support uh, from Patreon. And, um, and it, it's been... It has been huge. And and, that's, and and I could get into a bazillion personal things where it's been huge for me on a personal level just as far as taking a lot of weight off the shoulders uh, where where two months ago I was running around super stressed and, and worried about how I was just going to keep the lights on, um, you know, much less continue doing podcasting. And Patreon has been a huge, huge support of that, and I appreciate that. And so look for, as it's the first of the month, Look for very soon, uh, the exclusive podcast, those of you who donate at that level. Gonna be talking the incredible Hulk, man. I'm looking forward to it. Looking forward to sitting down on that movie a few times and and uh, and banging that out over the weekend and getting to you guys. So as we do every week, our featured supporter this week is the man who's with us, Chad Reed. He's over on the Goldiverse Wall of Fame at geekoutonline.com. Chad has the ability to stretch his body and conform it into any shape he desires. On the surface, this seems like a trivial ability until you consider that his body consistently snaps back to its original form. Chad hasn't aged in fifty years. <laughs> so.
1: I have to be honest, it took me a while to to really get that joke, yeah, <laughs> because I was like, well, that's interesting okay <laughs> well <laughs> and then you... I put and then I put two or two together read and read which I was like okay that that makes sense
0: um the uh the the thing is is like. I've always been a Fantastic Four fan, Mm -hmm. and Reed Richards, you know, he's the stretchy guy on the, you know, Mr. Fantastic, he does the stretching and everything, and it never really caught me too much, but over on the DC side of things, Plastic Man has basically the same ability. Now, Reed Richards always had limits to what he could do as far as how far he could stretch, you know, it used to be 100 yards. Um, I don't know if they've kind of done away with that in recent years or what. But the Plastic Man never really had those limitations put on him. And he was just crazy, man. He was funny. And reading him with the Justice League, pairing him up with Batman was just always a trip. But they did this they did this story arc in Justice League <clears throat> where the Justice League got transported like a few thousand years back in time. And there was this whole gimmick, almost very back to the future, where they left one clue for the people in the future to be able to find them and rescue them from the past. But the one person who didn't get rescued was Plastic Man. And after this story arc is over, you see Batman in the Bat-Sub going through the ocean, um, tracking bits of organic matter that he gets and puts back together. And basically, Plastic Man had survived for thousands of years. And, um, And you just find out the dude's basically immortal and, and batman's you know batman's batman he's all serious he's like he could be the most powerful of all of us and we just don't know it and i'm like my lanta that's amazing so <laughs> um, now
1: is is that the same character that brandon routh played in the batman cartoon
0: did brandon routh play plastic
1: man I, he was i don't know if he was plastic man He he was somebody
0: well you know what let me here comes a segment of the show we call "Let Me IMDb That" for you, <laughs>
1: <laughs> because it was it was the same one that um, Allison Mack was on.
0: Okay, yes, yes, I remember that. It wasn't Plastic Man, though. I don't think it was. Oh, it um, wasn't. Uh, let, let me find out, and I, I can tell you right here because that was on. Um, was that which Batman was that on? That was on the Batman. He played Everywhere Man okay mm-hmm. well I was way off yeah um which is a totally which I don't I'm not familiar as familiar with I guess as I should be um he uh or I don't say it should be but he was someone that I wasn't familiar with. but I remember watching that because I forget who Allison Mack played but I watched that because she was on there and mm-hmm. then I started to find out that oh man Brandon Routh is on there as well that's amazing so uh I liked the, the later season did you watch that cartoon I did um i uh i i i liked it toward the the later seasons um early on I had a hard time with some of the the character um the character designs and stuff, but as mm-hmm. the show progressed man and they started getting into the justice League stuff, it just became so good right um oh he was everywhere man was created specifically for the show he's presented as a peer and a friend of Bruce Wayne an art collector. A scientist specializing in quantum physics, he creates a device called the Quantex, which can duplicate matter. Using the device, he creates a duplicate of himself. The duplicate has a slightly darker personality, and eventually locks the original up, takes his place, and begins using other duplicates to stage a series of art thefts. Huh. Kind of like Madrox from X-Men. So there you go.
1: Well, I was way off. Yeah. All well- <laughs> righty then, we're off to a good start. Wait, here we go.
0: <laughs> no that's fine that's good that's good well before we so get if,
1: if you don't know I'm the one who doesn't know comics well so... I, well, he was created just for that show
0: that's what there the wiki go. said there so it wasn't like he was in the comics beforehand he was that was boom that was just for the Batman so I don't hold any you know what I don't hold anyone to their knowledge of the animated series the Batman it's like if you have a limited knowledge of that okay that's fine that's fine <laughs> you know well let's do this man let's jump into some emails let's do it Wait, All right, our emails, uh, we begin with one from good old Will West. And Will uh, chimes in with, he says, uh, the subject line was a bag of cats. Um, He says, hello there, Steve. I've got about 30 different things I'd like to bring up, including some questions, some comments, and some indifferent. I think bullet points will be the best way to do this. So here we go. In Empire, talking about Empire Strikes Back, after, spoiler alert, Luke gets his hand cut off, decides not to join his father, and then throws himself into the apparent bliss, uh, a bliss, abyss below. He goes sailing down into the aforementioned abyss, whilst floating toward it. It's obvious he makes a directional change toward the side of the wall. Do you think this was A, Luke guiding himself with the Force, B, Vader guiding Luke with the Force, C, a sudden draft, it was pretty windy in there, or D, none of the above? I tend to think it was Vader, but it could be argued it was Luke. Your thoughts. You have any thoughts on this matter, Chad? I mean, this is the minutiae of Star Wars because
1: Luke wasn't strong enough yet.
0: No, mm -mm. I don't think Um, it's any of these. To be honest with you,
1: mm -mm. could have been Ben.
0: Well, here's what here's what I think it is. I think it's a matter of technology, not mysticism, in this instance. Um, Because where where Luke ends up when Luke goes, you know, he slides down the the waterless water slide. And he gets to the bottom and he starts to look around, then it opens up, and he goes down another chute. basically it's a trash chute mm-hmm. um, and so I tend to think that the reason you had that wind and stuff there because he does mention it's windy is because all of those different um because you see a lot of those different portals and stuff they were all um sucking, you know <laughs> they all suck I- Chad, and <laughs> every yes, single one of them do. just sucks. <laughs> And and that and they're basically the trash disposal system, and so he was just being thrown out with the rest of the garbage. So that's that's what I, I think it was more of a technology than mysticism thing.
1: And well, when when that happens to me, Steve, what happens is oh. it's just bad luck.
0: Oh, okay. When you get thrown out with the garbage, or when you fall down the uh, the fall the, down the,
1: the trash chute, the
0: trash chute. Okay. <laughs> I, I've seen so many people get stuck in those things. Are you talking about the Cloud City trash chute? No. Oh, okay. Wow, okay. So here on Earth. (laughs) This is an Earthbound thing. He goes on to say, What do you think about the upcoming show, Gotham? Now, Gotham has already aired two episodes. I saw the pilot. I hadn't seen episode two yet. He says, I personally can't wait. I just hope they don't go deep into Joker's origin. One of the coolest things about the Joker is his shrouded past. Like many other characters, Yoda, Wolverine, and Boba Fett, sometimes not knowing the past of a character can add depth to the character's persona, whereas trying to explain and add past stories... Can just water the character down. Did you watch Gotham?
1: I'm loving Gotham. Are you? Good. I I really am. You know, I don't think, I don't think they're going to really go into Joker.
0: No, I don't either.
1: Um, And they shouldn't, uh, because I, I really agree with Will that um, his past is better just being there um, and just arriving, you know, just like um, Dark Knight. He was just there causing chaos.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. that's that's the one thing I really in the Dark Knight loved about his characters. He just kind of popped up from nowhere. Yep. You know, an agent of chaos, and that's what the Joker gets off on. You know, and and um, and he's twisted and he's messed up. You know, and but um, but yeah. Now I did I can't remember where I saw it. It might have either been on Facebook or Twitter or maybe another email. Um, someone was asking about the comedian at the end of the first episode. See, now guys, little minor spoilers here, not really anything else um did um and they asked if that was supposed to be the joker, do you think that was supposed to be who the joker was?
1: No, because I also read that they're gonna drop hints just on several different people, just kinda could this be him oh okay or All right. could this be him okay kind of thing yeah. so I, I i I think they're gonna. Just kind of tease us a little bit, but uh, but no, I don't think that's him.
0: I feel like from what I saw in the pilot. Now I haven't seen the second episode, but I feel like as far as super villain origins go, the one they're really kind of zoning in on is the Penguin,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and I'm down with that because and
1: he's he's killing it too. I mean yeah, he's awesome.
0: Because, well, and I think that's a great way to go because the Penguin has kind of been watered down thanks to even you know as far back as you know 1991 or two's Batman Returns. Um, and in some of the and in some of the cartoons and stuff, you know, he was always just kind of this whack kind of guy. But when you when you take it and and you have this guy, at least in the pilot, spoilers again a little bit, who is getting beat up, kind of shunned to the side, you know, and he and you know he's going to rise to be a criminal, you know, mastermind. He's going he's going to be on the level of Carmine Falcone or, or greater. Uh, right. I I think it's a great way to kind of show his progression into that. Um, especially with the way that, you know, Jim Gordon had the chance to take him out and didn't. So,
1: yeah. And he, and he, he, he was very timid about the violence. Mm-hmm. So, he you know, he's, he's not there yet, right. which is, which is where he, he, he should be. Yeah. Um, I guess the one thing that I didn't like about the pot, well, there's a few things about Gotham that I'm kind of iffy about right now. Okay. One, um, I'm not a fan of Alfred. Oh, oh. um, I,
0: Kind of a hard. You'll butt.
1: see, you'll see more in, in the second episode. I, I I won't give it away for you, mm-hmm. but the kid's parents just died. I mean, he, he could be a little more sympathetic. Oh, where he's like chin up or head up. Well, yeah, but there's there's he does something in the first part of the second episode to where he, I'm just kind of like, dude, relax. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just a little more. He, he's a little too. I don't know what sort I'm looking for. I guess Uncle Owen. Yeah. Pretty okay.
0: much. All right. <laughs>
1: Pretty much. Um, <laughs> and the the, uh, the the second big thing is Fish Mooney. To me, she is, which is uh, Jada Pickett Smith. Right, right. She's playing it, or at least in a pilot episode. I hope she gets better. Because, you know, once they find their characters, they tend to settle in and get, get in their zone. So I'm going to give it a pass for the pilot. But for that pilot episode, it just seemed like she was a mustache-twirling villain.
0: Yeah, yeah, you know, she's very much, um she reminds me of kind of what they tried to make Catwoman like in Batman Year One or um you know, even to an extent the Dark Knight returns. You know, a club owner, some shady stuff going on that sort of thing. And um and I really do I think she's supposed to evoke that feeling for some people. But yeah, she is very much the the mustache twirling bad guy, you know, and um, and it, it, to me where that gets interesting is when someone with more clout and more power ends up coming down on her like a Falcone or, right, you know, so, or, or someone like that. Um, so yeah, I, you know, I, I wasn't, I wasn't blown away by the pilot like today when I got home and was just kind of chilling, you know, for a few minutes after work or whatever. Um, I didn't choose to watch Gotham. I chose, and I still, and I think that actually aired Monday night, you know, and I still hadn't taken the time to watch it, but I made sure to watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. You know, because mm-hmm. I was so blown away with their season premiere and wanted to get back in as quickly as possible with what's going on in that show. Um, yeah, that was good. You know, with Gotham, I, I feel like, uh, again, it's, <clears throat> we've done the, it, it to me, it's like, are you going to follow Bruce Wayne? You know, is that, is that what we're going to do? Or are we going to follow Jim Gordon? Because I feel like it needs to be a show more about Jim Gordon than Bruce Wayne to really, to really be successful. Bruce Wayne, you know, now that his parents have been killed, he almost needs to be an afterthought, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, And, and, and we don't need to visit that kid. I think it's really important to, to, I, I, I would like to see them, you know, and sure you're, you're developing all these other villains and stuff, but I would love to see, if, if if the show is able to progress beyond a, a season you know, or two, to see the progression of Jim Gordon so that when this Batman character comes back on the scene, and you might see some news things here and there about Bruce Wayne, whether it's Bruce Wayne disappears or Bruce Wayne going out of college or Bruce Wayne goes, to, whatever the case may be, because that kid's always going to be in the media, he's always going to be in the press until he gets away to go train to be Batman. But I, w- I would really dig seeing Jim Gordon without the baggage of Bruce Wayne, um, you know, and turn this almost into a procedural type show, you know, Gotham C S I almost. And I know a lot of people scoff at that and, and don't want to see that, but I think that it would do volumes for the character of Jim Gordon with maybe, you know, the the last season if they're able to plan it out this way with the final season really building up to the entrance of Batman. Mm-hmm. You know, where you realize that this is one man alone, you know, Jim Gordon who he's trying to do his best and he just can't seem to get it done, because the problems are bigger than the Gotham PD. Even if he's cleaned it up, the problems are still bigger. And here comes the man to clean up the streets. And, you know, maybe even do a whole season of him trying to chase down this vigilante kind of thing. Um, You know, and, and, and let the end, just like with Smallville, the end was Superman's first big time saving the world. You know, the end is their big time saving Gotham. And and the bat signal going off in there, you know, that kind of thing.
1: That's what I was just about to say is, you know, instead of, you know, Derek had his look up theory. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I, th- I think with Gotham it needs to be, you know, Gordon flipped on the bat signal one time credits.
0: Yes. Yes. Definitely. And maybe, and not even showing in the sky, just show him, turn on that spotlight, you know, yep. because you know where it's going from there. And, um, and, and so I don't know, and again, that's way down the road. And that's if the show Fox is very, in the past, they're traditionally very quick on the old trigger finger. And so, and I haven't, you know, and I haven't tracked ratings on this show or anything, but they're very quick with the old trigger finger. And it's, and it's, and it's weird because meanwhile, over on the CW arrow had just gotten better and better and better, you know, Oh, it has. and, and flash is coming on and I, you know, and the pilot, um, I can't wait for everyone to see that because I really dig it uh, a whole lot. It's it feels. I don't. How did you did you like Smallville? Did you watch and like Smallville at all? Oh, absolutely. Okay. I uh, this really feels like Smallville in a way to me. Um, Interesting. You know, only you've got the superhero in the super suit, and mm-hmm. and so I can definitely see where they're they're doing some of the same formulas that were successful with Smallville in this first season and and it's going to rope in all the people that are only worried about relationships and it's also going to rope in all the superhero nerds who want to see all these little things that are hinted at in the pilot. So I'm um I'm on board with the Flash and and on board with Arrow and I really want to be on board with Gotham, you know. And I'm not anti-Gotham. I I'm looking forward to checking out the second episode, especially knowing that you you know that you're a fan of it and you're saying it's good stuff. So
1: well, it is, and it's it's um, it is more uh, procedural, mm-hmm. um, and w- with and Bruce kind of comes in and out a little bit. But I think as long as p- the audience understands, this is not Smallville, the Batman show. Right. You know right. Yes. You know this, this 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 is not a Batman show. the the the, the younger years. This is a Jim Gordon show mm-hmm. about the crime in Gotham. Um. Is and this is dangerous water, but as long as people can quote unquote be patient, <laughs> which fans have a hard time doing sometimes, right, right. Being patient and and understanding this is not a Batman show. Mm-hmm. You're not going to see Batman right until the probably until probably season you know five or, or ten or whatever. Or yeah, when it's
0: over. Um, I yep. really like. I mean, because how old is Bruce at this point? what is he? I mean, thirteen at the most
1: yeah i was I you was know, gonna say about twelve yeah. yeah
0: I was gonna say twelve or thirteen and so i just i like i like the concept i like the con- he's twelve says Andy in the chat I like the concept of here's a show about this city and about this one man who really when you when it comes down to it, if it's not for Jim Gordon, Batman is screwed um you know when he comes around to do his Batman thing, you know it, it's gonna. It takes Jim Gordon being behind him, to 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 be able to work with the freedom that he's able to work with, and that's in all the mediums we've seen from you know from the Batman in the '60s right on through, uh, you oh, know, yeah. and um, and so I think um, I, I'm I'm digging it. I, I dig the concept, and I really dig the concept without, you know, throwing in. All the supervillains they threw in, you know, even even though they're not necessarily going to follow those stories, you know, even though you just, you know, the, obviously, and if they do, they're crazy to follow the stories of all these supervillains, you know. Focus in on Penguin's rise to power, if you ask me. Mm. You got Edward Nygma working in the police, you know, there at the police station, and and he's creeping everybody out,
1: and you know. He was way too on the nose for me, though.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Where he's just at, where he tries to ask him a riddle. That kind of, yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. And, and, and they even said, that, he goes, stop with the riddles, Digma. I'm like, really?
0: Yeah. Exactly. I mean, that's just, yeah, that, that's the thing. It was very much like, oh, here's something in your face. Here's and I think if they can learn the art of subtlety, um, and because I like the character of Jim Gordon. Uh I like Harvey Dent, not Harvey Dent. Um what's his partner's Bullock. name? Bullock. I love Bullock. I love his and and they had moments with each other when they're hanging upside down in the meat locker there in the pilot and you yep. know they kind of it, it they was great moments with them. And you see that Bullock though he's he's a shady cop and and he's been on the take and he's, you know, that he does there is a certain code of honor with him. And 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 he's like, you know, the the darkest shade of gray. But he's still shades of gray there in this city that's really corrupt and messed up. And so I, I like the idea of, of watching Gordon's journey through all that, um, you know. And like I say, letting all this other stuff just kind of be a side thing or an afterthought um, until it needs to come to fruition, you know, and not be so on the nose. So it's going to be interesting to see where it, where it, where it goes. Do uh, Drew from Canada says, "Can I defend the Fox?" Uh, they try stuff no other network would. Uh, they panic like Stitch on caffeine, but at least they try. <laughs> yeah, and that's yes, the thing. You know, it's like let's not, um, you know, don't panic so much. Give it a chance to find its legs. Um,
1: well, I mean, you know, there's there's a lot of TV shows. Well, m- m- most of them, like Seinfeld and Friends. I mean, th- those are more comedies. Mm-hmm. But um, Seinfeld, Friends, Raymond, they didn't really pick up steam until seasons two and three. Well, it took and stu- and and networks gave them a chance to find their legs. Yeah, you know, as, studios just aren't that patient anymore. No, and with, it- with go go ahead. Well, I was gonna say with with Gotham, I think I think they they get a little bit more more leeway because a it's whether you want to or not, it's a Batman universe, mm-hmm. and that's their moneymaker. Um, and and two, they've already signed a deal with Netflix.
0: Yeah! Wow, didn't know that.
1: So yeah, Netflix already signed them for season one. So, I mean, there's a lot of a lot of hope and a lot of a, a lot of promise for this show. So I think you know, like Agents of Shield last year, I think they're going to give them a little bit time to to find their to, legs. To, absolutely,
0: I think they should. I, I think this is an easier sell than something like Terminator: Sarah Connor Chronicles was. You know, mm-hmm. it's hard to sell straight up sci fi to people, but when you're talking about something when you know, the a property related to this, The Dark Knight, one of the biggest money making movies of all time, you know, when you see that there there is an audience for it, if we can just find it, if we can just if we can get people to find us. And I think, you know, and and once they get out of the mindset of, okay, we gotta get everybody in, they can get people to stick around. And I, I think that's mm-hmm. going to be the key. So anyhow, wow, moving on, uh Will continues. He says, after watching The Man of Steel three times I've decided I really enjoy the movie. Sands, Snap, Zoom, and Shaky Cam. The only problem I have with it is the fact uh, that after Zod and Superman fight in space a little and trash Wayne's satellite, they wind up right back in Metropolis. I mean, come on, what are the odds of that? I think Clark not saving his dad on Earth. Uh, his Earth dad makes sense because they just had an argument about Clark not having listened to him. But in the end, Pa Kent made the call, and Clark honored his final wish. I just wish Pa had gone back for a kid who was trapped and not the family dog. Otherwise, I really love that movie and can't wait for the greatest court case of all time, Batman 5, Superman, Dawn of Justice. Um, I want to get into your opinions on Man of Steel a little bit later on. And I'll just respond like this. I think it's been misunderstood that I don't like the Man of Steel. I like the Man of Steel. I think there's so much about Man of Steel that works. It's the stuff that doesn't work that just really grated my nerves, you know, that I'm, I, I really try to, to, you know, my point a lot of times I end up making is I see where people had a problem with the destruction that I didn't have, you know, as I was watching, I went thinking, Oh wow, it's really destructive here. I've never thought that my answer to that was show him saving some civilians. That way you yep. get to see him use the different powers in different ways, but you show him save some civilians. So you see that he cares. I think the problem is not, because I really think people's problem was not all the destruction it was the the apparent lack of concern that he had for individual people even though he almost killed himself stopping that world engine you know he saved the world let's not forget that he saved the world and so and so I feel like a lot of people feel like I don't like it and, I, and Will's not coming at me like that but right. um but but there are some things I don't like you know <clears throat> and, and, and the fact that Pa Kent made the call and Clark honored his final wish is great um I didn't like the fact they argued before that. Uh, that felt too Peter Parker to me. Um, you know, kind of the... And, and so it's, they seem to... People don't realize this because because a lot of the emails I've gotten concerning the Marvel versus DC thing is, and we'll read one in just a moment, is how Marvel doesn't seem to have the depth that DC does. Well, DC is really marvelizing their characters you know trying to they're, they they're trying to and and they have to i think pull back a little bit on the legend status and try to humanize them a lot more and sometimes they go a little too far in that one direction i think and that's you know that's just my opinion but moving on he says if you could build the ultimate superhero and i mean ultimate mine is ridiculous what or who would it consist of you can cross over marvel and dc mine is the body and powers of Wolverine plus the strength of Hulk that increases with anger the mind of Charles Xavier the powers of the Martian Manhunter the flight, breath, vision, etc. Of Superman, teleportation uh, from Nightcrawler, and of course, wielding a trident like Aquaman, because who doesn't like tridents? Told you my guy was overpowered. Basically, he just made an amalgamation of all the superheroes in the world. Um, I would just say Superman throwing in invisibility. <laughs> there you go. That's mine. So um, He goes on to say, prompted by your superhero discussion, I thought I'd Figure out my top ten, but that didn't work. All I got was number one, Batman. Always, he's my absolute number one favorite. And in no particular order, following, I have Aquaman, Martian Manhunter, Wolverine, Hulk, and Iron Man. So, do you have a list of favorites, not necessarily in any order,
1: Chad, of superheroes? Um, one and two's always been Superman, Batman. Mm-hmm. Um, I was never. Again, you know, we'll we we'll, we'll talk about it, but not being comics it was always what the tv threw at me um so growing up was always batman uh, adam west and then keaton Mm -hmm. and of course christopher reeves right so you know that was always mine yeah um and now that we've gotten into the whole marvel universe you know i've i'm i'm into the whole um iron man and avengers and i think i might have to say thor is my favorite though
0: wow really
1: yeah i like thor
0: that's cool i've always liked thor um you know uh from the comics and everything i, I dug thor i like i like the strength i like strong superheroes um uh you know because i've ne- i don't know why you know but i always like the guys that have that that strength stuff on their side because to me it's always fun to see them fight other strong superheroes or supervillains and um you know you, you you don't necessarily have the speed and stuff, but you have these moments where, where they're just you know they're tied up in physical combat, and I think that's the key um, for me. Um, but yeah, I dig Thor, man. I always have, and I thought his movies were great. So
1: yeah, it's you know, and then again, it could be the red cape.
0: Yes, could very well could be. His cape was sweet. <laughs> so, uh, Michael Dunn chimes in. He says, hey Steve, wanted to drop you a short line. I've been loving the Guardians of the Galaxy content on the podcast. It has to be my favorite movie of the year so far. And in many ways, it feels like the comic book movie I've been waiting on for a long time. It was a welcome change of pace from the doom and gloom of most of, a, of the other summer blockbusters. Not to say I don't like those movies, but it was nice to have a, something a little different. And now that the movie was a huge success, hopefully it will convince Hollywood execs that all comic book movies don't have to be dark or grim and gritty, and it will lead to similar films with a light and fun tone. Ditto the love for all things superheroes from the last episode. Did you like Guardians, by the way? Yeah, you did. Everyone did.
1: You know, I did. I was, I was, I was entertained. Okay. Um, I, didn't, I didn't love it as much as most people did. Um, but but, but I, was, I, was, I, was I was definitely entertained. I, I laughed. Um, I thought I thought I thought Batista, I thought Batista was, was 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 great. Was great. Um, um <coughs> group, was, group was 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 outstanding. outstanding. Um, just uh, how just they how they they captured, captured his 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 um, his um feelings feelings, feelings in, his, in his eyes his eyes. I thought I thought really made him make him more human more human than human than, most than, most most than most most of them. Um, um, <coughs> hey yeah, Chad, yeah, yeah, I, mean, I liked it, I liked
0: it. Yeah, we are. i um, I'm getting a lot of. You're sounding like you're coming through uh, as a Cylon all of a sudden or something. My fault, my fault. No, I don't think it's your fault. I think it's Skype's fault. Uh, Let me do this real quick. Let me refresh the call. Okay. okay. All right. All right, we're going to refresh the call. Edit. Get him right back here.
1: Hello, is this better? Oh, that's
0: so much better. Okay, good. Man, that was all Skype. That wasn't you at all and they didn't give me the chance to usually skype will say how was that call they didn't give me a chance to rate the call the jerks so <laughs> you, and you you had it you had a bit of an echo but it was also robotic and in staticky so you dug you dug guardians you said um, i
1: did just just not as much as the most mo- most people
0: okay yeah that's that's cool um i i just i loved it and and that's that's you know everyone knows that uh he says, hey, I like the Scooby-Doo shows of Batman and Robin, too. I even have them on DVD now. I remember being disappointed when the special guest stars turned out to be Laurel and Hardy or Sonny and Cher. Um,
1: Those are my favorites.
0: The Batman and Robin or the Laurel and Hardy and Sonny and Cher? No.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I love Scooby-Doo. Yes. Um, I mean, because I'm, I'm not much younger than you. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm 35. Okay. So we grip on a lot of the same things. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> like I love the Scooby cartoons, and my favorite ones were Batman and Robin mm-hmm. and the Globe Trotters.
0: Yes, well, I was going to say I was going to tack on that. I remember being disappointed with the special guest stars about be to be Laurel and Hardy, Sonny and Cher, or even sometimes I was disappointed with the Globe Trotters. I just <laughs> love those two, I, and I think there were only two with Batman and Robin on them. Mm-hmm. Um, and the one I remember the most is where like someone falls down into a pit of a bunch of like clown blow up clown things. Um, that's just the image I have of like Scooby and Shaggy and, and they always remind me of those little, you remember those things? I don't even know if they still make these. But there used to be these, and I'm using my quote fingers here, dink, dink, toys that that were basically like, a, they were punching bags and you blew them up. They had like some sand in the bottom and they had like, and oh, it, yeah. was, it was like just a big bullet shaped thing and it had like a picture of a character painted on it and you could hit it and it would go down and come back up. I had one. Yeah, I think everyone had some kind of one. And and, um, and, uh, and, and, uh, and they fell into a pit of stuff. like, And that always made me think that was that's what they were in because it was like these inflatable clown things. And the Penguin and the Joker had teamed up. It was, it was great times on the old Scooby-Doo stuff. He says, Michael goes on to say, I hope they keep the comic book films coming. Some will be bad, some will be good, and some will be freaking awesome. As a completist, the only thing that bothers me now is it's hard to keep up with so much superhero content available. But one flop won't mean the end of these movies forever. Batman and Robin was in 1997 with X-Men just three short years later in 2000. I also recall a lot of talk in 2007 that the comic book movie era was over with the release of Spider-Man 3, Fantastic Four, Rise of the Silver Surfer, uh, and Fantastic Four, The Rise of the Silver Surfer. But the very next year saw, uh, saw Iron Man hit along with The Dark Knight. So I'm right there with you on your thoughts about Man of Steel. I've watched it a few times now, and I like it, but I really want to love it, and it won't let me. I think Mike summed up my 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 thoughts perfectly there. It, I still seem, I think I still think it seems a rather poor foundation to build a DC cinematic universe on. But I sincerely hope I'm wrong. I don't know. I don't know that this will be the foundation. I think that Superman Five, Batman Dawn of Justice, is going to be the real foundation for the whole DC cinematic universe.
1: Yeah, that's that's one way to look at it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think with Superman. Coming out, so to speak, and you know showing up and sh- saying that, that that he's here um, is going to allow more heroes to come you know show up and say, you know well if he did it, so can I mm-hmm. so I think that's what they mean by the foundation, yeah, except yeah. I, I guess if Batman's been around for a while's kinda... been
0: yeah Batman's been around for a while, yeah and and, what, and it sounds like that they're making Batman almost like an urban legend in Gotham. Mm-hmm. You know, like blink and you miss them kind of thing, and I don't know, I don't. I
1: don't but is it that how it should be?
0: I see. I don't know. There's there's a great moment after. Um, I want to say it was Infinite Crisis, uh, and they had in the comic series uh, they did a whole you know big thing. DC had one of their big events, and it was a huge event. And then the next issues after that basically took a play took place a year were supposed to have taken place a year after the end of this particular crisis and you had Superman basically just getting his powers back he'd been depowered for a whole year, that kind of thing Uh, Batman had been off the scene all these heroes had been gone and there's this great moment in a Batman comic where uh, the signal goes on for the first time in a year and they're on the roof Gordon's on the roof with someone they're like, why are the people screaming he's like, they're not screaming they're cheering you know nice. and it's just like oh what a great moment you know and that and, nice. and that's the thing is i think that you know and and i like the idea that maybe there are people like Do you really think there's a bat out there no there's not yeah there is i like you know that kind of thing i saw him i did you know but i i don't think if you've been doing it for as long as they say that this batman has been at it i, I think at that point you go beyond the point of urban legend in a way you have to right you yeah, in a, in a city it's it's not like if it were the whole nation, you know, if it were a thing where you know someone spotted him in nineteen sixty nine while they were out camping, and they put a grainy you know video up of it, you know and then now in two thousand and fourteen it's like, well, do you think Batman exists? he's been spotted in the pacific you know if Batman were bigfoot, I guess is what I'm saying mm-hmm. it'd be different, but because it's one city, even a big city, you know that it's hard to keep that under wraps. That's a good point. Yeah, um, let me see here. Let's let's scroll on down, and because uh, these emails have been long, we got so many. I've got so many in the mailbag to get to, but I did want to definitely mention this. Mitchell Huff from the Lost Hours podcast chimes in. He says, "It finally happened, Steve. As I was out and about over the weekend, my Geek Out Loud colors attracted the attention of a fellow Golaverse guardian. The result." the resultant high five was truly epic. Just wanted to <laughs> pop in and let you know that the shirts are connecting geeky Steve listeners all across the country. If you're so inclined, the next time you sit down for a go recording, shout out to Aaron in Michigan. So shout out to Aaron in Michigan who met Mitch at a movie theater. Uh, she was working. I got the story from Mitchell on the big Honkin' show the other week. Uh, she was working and, uh, and he'd gone out to get some popcorn and she's like, let me see that shirt. And he showed it. she's like, Oh, I'll listen to that. So, that's awesome i love it i completely i think that is that's so. Great. yeah i think it's cool uh it's cool to, and apparently there's michigan has a high concentration of geek out loud listeners hmm. so yeah it's weird so uh so apparently michigan on the on the cusp of podcasting on the, on the on the on the understanding of podcasting so um so but aaron thanks for being a thanks for being a listener and uh and letting your geek flag fly. And Mitchell, thank you for letting your geek out loud flag fly. Wearing the shirt. You can. We've got just a very few shirts in stock, guys. Um, uh, I think it's mostly the biggest sizes. Uh, go to geekoutonline.com and check out the link to buy a t-shirt. And uh, hopefully, maybe, uh, we'll be getting a few more in stock coming pretty soon. Well, let's do some snippets, man. Snippet. Snippet. Here we go. All right. Uh,
1: (laughs) Channel makes me laugh every time. I
0: love it. I love it. Uh, First thing on the snippets. um, Snippet! Starkville Labs is coming this weekend or sooner. www.starkvillelabs.com I know it's a commercial, but I just want to mention I'm excited about it myself. And Derek Russell uh, are going to be doing a podcast dedicated to uh, the CW television show The Flash now you can follow starkville labs on twitter at starkville labs we have a facebook page facebook.com slash starkville labs and of course the website is StarkvilleLabs.com. and as soon as that first episode's up by by being involved on those social media sites you'll know exactly what's coming uh pulling the curtain back as soon as we're done with this episode tonight me and chad are done uh i'm sticking around we won't be doing it live as i told chad earlier but um Derek and is going to be getting in touch with me, and we're going to be doing uh, the first episode of Starkville Labs tonight. Sweet. So I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be uh, no telling what will happen. Um, Derek and I, even when we get on the phone with each other, just talking, you know, off air, it's like we're constantly trying to uh, make each other laugh. <laughs> so even our conversations end up being like podcast. So, <laughs> so That's the uh, best kind of podcast. Yeah, no so. telling, and there's no telling what kind of Inside jokes and fun stuff is coming. You know, we Starkville's House of L was called the Sports Center of Smallville fandom, and uh, hopefully, this will be the same thing uh, with CW's The Flash. Also, snippet um, coming to Disney Vault Talk. We joked about it on the most recent episode, and it morphed into something real. Uh, we're adding a new show, a kind of a side podcast in the Disney Vault Talk feed. Uh, called rebel yell and it's going to be all about star wars rebels we're going to be doing round table type discussions uh we're basically ripping off uh rebel force radios rebels declassified you know I, the, the here's the thing uh after doing youth ministry for so many years, I always realized that there's no good idea that 's new they're all stolen, and so basically we are still in their stick and gonna do it as well so uh be watching your feeds for that at Disney Vault Talk uh, Rebel Yell coming to the Disney Vault Talk feeds uh soon with uh this Friday Snippet running through these real quick, man. Um uh Star Wars Rebels Spark of Rebellion actually airs this Friday on Disney Channel, I think. Um it's already on the Watch Disney XD app. If you've not seen it, uh do your best to see it. It is it is it is amazing. It is good stuff, Chad. I know you mentioned off air you hadn't seen it yet. No, I haven't. Oh, there is a moment in time, um, and I'm not going to spoil anything. But there's a moment in time that I literally got choked up, and and tears welled up in my eyes. And it had nothing to do with any legacy characters. It didn't have to do with the Obi Wan message that's in the in the uh, in the previews we've seen and that sort of thing. It's a moment. It it's part of a moment we've seen in the previews. But the way it was pulled off was just like, oh man, um, you that's don't, awesome. You don't need to watch the Clone Wars to watch Rebels. You don't need to have seen the Clone Wars to watch Rebels. You just need to have seen Star Wars. So, and even then, I don't know that you even need to have seen Star Wars. Uh, it is, it is good stuff. So, looking forward to seeing how how far that show goes and and, and what it does. Um, another snippet here. Snippet. Uh, this is interesting to me because I was wondering if this would take place. Dominic Cooper, who played Howard Stark in Captain America: The First Avenger, Avengers, is going to be reprising that role on the ABC show Agent Carter. Um, do you watch Agents of Shield,
1: Chad? I I do. Okay. Um, it was a nice little surprise last week.
0: Oh yeah, right there at the opening. Yep. With the yeah, and so and it was cool to see not just Agent Carter but also a lot of the Howling Commandos, um, and so. Yeah.
1: Uh, Neil McDonough showed up. I didn't expect to see him there.
0: Mm-mm. I didn't expect to see any of that. You know, uh, really cool moment, and and it's cool to know that Howard Stark is coming on because you know in Iron Man two, uh, he's listed as someone who helped found Shield basically, and um, and so it, it's it's going to be good to have him around. I don't know how substantial his role is going to be in the show, but by the fact that he'll be around at all is really cool to me.
1: Well, just you know. Make it a little fondue.
0: Yeah. Oh, you two are going to go fondue, aren't you? <laughs> um, <laughs> this is a this is a weird snippet. Snippet. Um, they do weird things in Asia. If I can be honest, we've got our good friend Raj from the UK who lives in the HK, also known as uh, Hong Kong. And uh, and 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 I I hope to talk to him about this at some point. Um. The uh. Mm, the way they do food is what I'm trying to say. I guess <laughs> is, is is it's con- it's disconcerting to me sometimes. <laughs> um, the, they've got a Batman burger that they are uh, that they're putting out at McDonald's, but it's only in Hong Kong. Uh, well, that's not right. Well, it, when you hear what's on this burger, maybe it is. It's okay. um. He's getting his own burger at McDonald's, but it's not in the United States, according to Geekology. The Hong Kong, this comes from moviepilot.com. Uh the Hong Kong McDonald's has introduced a Batman burger as part of a line of Justice League superhero meals. Uh it's a double beef burger. It's got an egg on there, poached egg. Looks like it's got some kind of weird sauce, uh, onions and what looks to be barbecue sauce, but you know, knowing the Chinese, there's no telling. Um It's uh it's the, it it comes it's with the bat sauce. Yeah. It comes yeah the bat sauce. So- uh, <laughs> <laughs> Let's take that term off the table for the rest of the show. <laughs> Let's not use the term bat sauce. Uh what's more is that the Batman double beef burger comes with squeezy cheesy fries. Okay? Yeah. It's are uh, fries covered in their McDonald's fries covered in cheese and bacon it looks like. Um hmm. Yeah. Uh there's there's sparkling green apple tea suggested as a drink.
1: Um, you lost me there.
0: Yeah, there's I don't like the tea. Um, the box looks really cool, there, or at least the one in the commercial does. It's this black and gray box. It's got the Batman logo on one side. It says uh, Diner Double Beef, and then has Chinese writing, but it's got the logo, but the top of it is like a, a Batman face. It's got the cowl kind of in the eyes looking at you. It's, it looks really cool. Um, but uh, do you remember... Back when Batman Returns came out, that McDonald's was doing like the Hero Burger.
1: Yeah, and that might be the reason why we don't get it here in the U.S.
0: Yeah, well, the Hero Burger was like on a hoagie, (laughs) and it was like three patties, I think, with some cheese and some, you know, it was it was done almost like a a sub a sub type sandwich, a hoagie, Mm -hmm. only with you know hamburger. So,
1: I'm just I'm, I'm I'm concerned about the egg. What's with the egg?
0: Well, you know, it's not a fried egg. It's a poached egg. I, I, it's it's basically, the picture makes it look like what the egg that goes on an Egg McMuffin. You know, right. there are a lot of people that eat eggs on their burgers. Um, a fried egg will put a fried egg, or a egg on a burger. I am not one of those people, I, 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 nor, no, <laughs> nor am I. We have a guy that comes into the cafe sometimes that he'll order. We do a plate of burger sliders, um, handcrafted burger sliders, by the way. And he'll order burger sliders with no bread, but add a fried egg.
1: No carb thing?
0: I don't know if it's a no carb thing, but it's it's a no eat thing for me.
1: Um, yeah, that's just not.
0: Yeah, I like my egg scrambled on toast. Yes. So, but I, but I'm but I know it's not really weird for the egg thing. Matthew Rushing says he likes fried egg on a burger. Um, by the way, let me take a pause from the snippets really quick. Matthew Rushing in the chat. Matthew sent a great email about The Dark Knight Rises that that I, I didn't read. It's it's a long email, but I want to get to it. But in it, he puts a review. He, he copied and pasted a review that he wrote about it. Matthew, give people, if you can, a link uh, to that review because it's really well written and well thought out and, and deserves for people to see that. Uh, review so uh, if you could give people a link to to a website or whatever you're doing there in the chat and I'll make sure to plug it here in just a second because you didn't include that in the email um so um so yeah um moving on where are we at snippet oh speaking of batman have you seen the piano guys do the batman music (laughs) no uh piano guys you know who they are I don't huh? even the, the piano guys they do they they do classical music and other pieces. Uh it's a dude with a cello and a dude with a piano. And they do some different arrangements. They've done some cool stuff in the past. I've seen them do um uh everything from Mission Impossible to uh Living uh or no I'm sorry, uh Viva La Vida by Coldplay. Well, they did a piece called Batman Evolution, which is just amazing. You can see they made a video for it on YouTube. Uh just, just uh look for Batman Evolution, the piano guys. And um it's it's really, really good. They go from the sixty six Batman to the Tim Burton stuff into the Christopher Nolan Batman music. Let's I'm I I'm wanna play you a taste of it here. Wow. The video itself, um, they, they've put together a video where they're on different sets. Uh, the first set is literally the one you just heard with the with the 66 Batman theme. They're in a Batcave, uh, like from the 1966 Batman. And then they cut to a different set for, for this piece from the 89 Batman. And uh, in each one, they've got the car, the different Batmobiles with them. Hmm. And, uh, and it all culminates on a rooftop with uh with kind of a culmination of all the music kind of running together and uh with all three cars driving up and that's um, great, yeah, it's really cool. check it out Batman evolution by the piano guys. It's very very cool, these guys do a lot of cool stuff and um and uh and they're just having a good time while they do
1: it yeah that that opening was absolutely beautiful,
0: yes, yes, they. Um, it, it's very much, um, it, it, it's got a, it's got a lot of, uh, I don't know if you want, did you watch Battlestar Galactica? No. Um, there was, uh, toward the end of the series, they incorporated the song all along the watchtower and bear McCreary did the music and just fascinating way that he, they, they incorporated the music into that. And, and some of that, um, some of that, uh, piano work sound a little bit like that um but it's it's amazing they did a lot of layering on the video with some cellos and different tracks and stuff um but it's good stuff they got an album coming out that's going to be featured on but uh check it out on youtube it's
1: really worth it i love a good string session
0: yeah yeah If it, it's good i listen i'm a sucker for good piano music you mm-hmm. know someone absolutely just, yeah I, I really am and uh and and those guys I've got to check out more and more um of their stuff so because they they do a lot of things like I'm looking over here I've seen like I say some of their stuff <clears throat> um but uh for example just to bring in my favorite genre into this thing oh here comes an ad I just sense it yeah thank god <laughs> stupid ads come on uh this is apparently Cello Wars a Star Wars parody um lightsaber duel by the piano guys. Oh, nice. Let's see, what they're, they're walking out onto a set and they've got Jedi robes on. The Phantom Cellists. One's got some... It's the dude, it's the cellist from the piano... Oh, he just just took his... uh, What do you call it? The rod and made it a lightsaber. Oh, he just... Alright, I gotta get this piece. Dude, on the video where they're where those symbol clashes come in, they're using the force to throw a symbol at each other, and the other one's deflecting. Oh. It.
1: <laughs> That's great. That sounds so good.
0: Oh, yeah, they do, man. They're amazing. These guys. They're, like I say, I'm just looking down the side here, and there's so many different ones um, that I'm probably going to end up somehow getting a hold of because it, it's so good. Yeah, uh,
1: my night spent. Now, thanks a
0: lot. There you go. Well, finally, uh, snippet. Uh, Charles Phoenix, um, who I recognize him. Um, He calls himself the Ambassador of Americana. I do recognize his face. I don't know where I've seen him from. But um, it's the latest original recipe from the Charles Phoenix Test Kitchen. I'm going to let him tell you about it. Hi,
1: you guys. It's Charles Phoenix in the Charles Phoenix Test Kitchen. Today we made the... What is it called? Six-layer milk-soaked cereal cake. Can you believe how gorgeous it is?
0: Six-layer milk-soaked cereal cake. It's tall, it's amazing, and it's made with cake and cereal. From the top to the bottom, here are the layers. Apple Jacks with Spice Cake. Tricks with Blue Velvet Cake. Cinnamon Toast Crunch with Yellow Cake. Peanut mm. Butter Crunch with Chocolate Cake. Fruit Loops <laughs> with red food mm. colored white cake. Um, red velvet cake, they say was not bright enough. Cocoa puffs in white cake. You fill six cake pans nearly to the brim, each with a different cereal. Pour each separate in a separate bowl and add approximately one cup of whole milk occasionally, tossing to ensure that it absorbs evenly. When the cereal is milk-logged, pour off excess milk and drink because it's delicious. Now, I'm just going through the recipe here. Now mix each with just enough batter to bind the cereal, pour back in the cake pans, and bake. Cool cakes overnight in the fridge. Cereal soaking up milk, by the way, the Lucky Charms turned an odd shade of green-gray while absorbing the milk so that layer didn't make it, they say. Um, They have frosted flake frosting. Seven tubs of vanilla frosting. (laughs) One large box of frosted flakes. You fold the flakes into the vanilla frosting. Oh my gosh, Chill. Fill and frost like you mean it. Don't forget to crumb coat the cake with plain frosting before applying the fab frosted flake frosting. Finish with Lucky Charms. Marbits, Tricks, Fruit Loops, and Cocoa Puffs. Chill. Present with much cereal fanfare and serve with style. Oh, my gosh.
1: So, my first reaction to this is mm-hmm. I'm pulling out my fork and saying, all right, what yeah. are we having? Yeah. <laughs> I'm pulling a Joey. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> this is, I mean, this thing looks amazing. I, I just it and everything, nothing about it sounded bad. Nothing about it sounded bad. The uh, the spice cake right on down to the to the to the yellow cake and the white cake, nothing sounded bad. Um, it is it is just and they and they do they decorate it with uh, the mush uh, the mushrooms, the marshmallows from Lucky Charms and some Fruit Loops, and on the outside once you get the frosting on there, it's just. Now, granted, you're going to die of a diabetic coma after one bite of this thing, but, man.
1: Go out happy.
0: Oh, diabetes in a bowl, says the Admiral.
1: <laughs> hey, Drew, you're going to go go happy. Drew
0: from Canada says, this sounds like the end of American society. <laughs> <laughs> we are well on our way. I w- Listen, if if that's the way I'm going out, Chad... Eating a six-layer cereal cake? You got it. Yeah, yeah. I'm happy. I'm happy. Much worse there ways are to worse go. Worse ways to go, sir. Yes, yes, sir. Exactly. Much worse ways. Much worse ways to go than a cereal cake. So uh, that's of fact, go, go just, ahead.
1: Uh, bring, just 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 uh, bring one up with you on um, FanFest.
0: Fest. Mm-hmm. What? A, oh, yes, definitely bring one. No, have the stuff there ready to make it. Fan Fest. How
1: about that? I will Look, get my grandmother on it. The imp- she could cook a cake. <laughs>
0: the impetus is on you, sir. Oh man. Yeah, you know, a lot of people don't know that you're we're we're going to be Dave Jones and myself from Mark Outlander are going to be headed up your way uh yes, to Rome, Georgia to go to Fan Fest in um in in November. I think the actual full name of it is like Superstars of Wrestling Fan Fest or some such. Um, the night before we're gonna be seeing Mick Foley do his one man show or his stand up act. I don't know what he actually officially calls it. Uh and from there, man, the next stage is gonna be some meet and greets and some wrestling. It's gonna be a good time.
1: Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's gonna be a lot of fun.
0: I think it's gonna be a blast, dude. Um I'm, I'm looking forward really to seeing Cody Hall in action. I've heard so much about him.
1: That Yeah, and um you know, I was listening to um ddp on Austin's podcast today and mm-hmm. and uh, he was putting cody over pretty pretty big
0: yeah a lot of people have a lot of people that know him have really put him over and uh and and so i'm anxious to see him and see how he does um i'll tell you something else while we're talking about fan fest and stuff on december 13th in jekyll island georgia they're doing a, a, a convention of sorts they're calling it the jekyll island comic-con but it's not affiliated with the actual comic-con people it doesn't seem to be. I don't want to talk out of turn, but from everything I've seen, it doesn't. Um, and uh, I'm going to try to have a geek out loud presence there. Nice. Um, yeah, it's going to be real small, just a one day thing, December thirteenth at the Jekyll Island Convention Center over on the coast. And uh, and and you know, if you guys can make it, if people can make it that way, check it. I can't. I don't have the link right here in front of me. Uh, I'll try to put it in the show notes um, at geekoutpodcast.com, and uh, and we'll try to make sure that. Um, that that we have some type of geek out loud presence. I'm actually be talking with someone in Brunswick uh this this weekend. Um a friend of the show, Scott Rifen over in Brunswick. Uh in doing I'm gonna be doing his podcast. I'm actually traveling to go do someone's podcast, if you can believe it. And uh and so and he's the one that turned me on to it. So gonna be hooking up with the hopefully some of the promoters and stuff from that show. And Jekyll's like, a nice place. Jekyll is a nice place. You know, I grew up kinda grew up on Saint Simon's. We would go every summer to okay. Saint Simon's, yeah. And uh my grandparents had a house down there and, and we we basically grew up there on the on the coast on the beach. It was a uh, it's a great life. It's a great life. <laughs> so um <clears throat> what of <if, laughs> um what is oh uh, I'm looking at the chat here. I got uh I got confused. I bald-headed Rod leaving us. And uh, Doc Zinn said, I don't blame you leaving Rod. The Big Honking Show, the book is so much better. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Doc Zinn. You're always, you're always sweet. Well, here's what I... You know, Chad, as we said earlier in the outset, one of the things, the big thing I want to talk with you about is because, you know, it's come through in our discussion already. You know, your geek cred is solid. Your music cred is solid. You open for Jennifer Knapp, for crying out loud. Um, but the one thing you mentioned is that you are a fan of these superhero properties... You know, we talk good night. We end up having this huge discussion about Gotham, and uh, but you've never really
1: been into comics. No, well, no, I I've read a few just to kind of fill in the gaps, kind of per se. Yeah, yeah. Um, You know, just of um, after the Dark Knight came out, and I read where he kind of borrowed some from Long Halloween and the Killing Jokes. I went back and watched some and read some of those Mm -hmm. um so i mean you know throughout the years i've kind of picked up some but no i mean just starting up i was never really into into comics the uh (laughs) it's not really a comic book so to say but Mm -hmm. the first thing i remember getting as a kid in 1983 i think um was a comic book Was was it was a book and a cassette tape yes uh Batman and Robin in the case of the Laughing Sphinx. Yes,
0: <laughs> was that Jesus. one of those? Was that one of those when you hear the sound, turn the page, kind of thing? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and um, it was. Uh, I mean, I, I remember. I actually found it on YouTube. Somebody actually, vi- you know, videoed it with it with it
0: with. Oh, we lost Chad. Going to pause down on us.
1: I didn't touch anything.
0: Well, it's I'm telling you, it's Skype. Uh, now, listen, we're not having Riley Blanton size problems with Skype right now. <laughs> okay, but, but we are having problems with Skype. But, but okay, you're back. So, what you were saying that you saw it on YouTube?
1: Yeah, they they, they actually someone videotaped it and with the recording and everything and put it on YouTube. Um,
0: like they videoed I, like flipping the pages and all. Uh huh. That's hilarious.
1: Uh huh. <laughs> Yeah and it it starts with the with him meeting Robin and um Robin training and kind of their first case together.
0: Oh wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Now, I had a bunch of Star Wars follow and read storybooks and I remember having like records of the you know they did the same thing as the tapes um mm-hmm. of um Empire and Tron, you know, where they were retelling the story of Tron. Uh, and then I had like the cassette tape of Jedi and, and, and a few other things like that, but never any of the superhero stuff. I had empire. <sighs> yeah, I did. I remember the book. If I'm remembering right, the book had like Yoda on the front. I think you're right. Yeah. That's, that's what I remember. And I, I'm, you know what? I, the thing is, is I'm sure those things are still around somewhere in storage at my parents house.
1: <laughs> so um, yeah, those 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 were great. Yeah, um, I used to um, drive my my parents and my grandparents nuts because whenever they would take me to this old video store, it was it was the same ones every time. Yes, and they, would, yeah. they would get so mad at me. They would, pick something you haven't seen, but I want to watch this. But I want to watch it, this. If you'll buy this for me, I'll pick something I haven't seen. Yep, I mean, it, and it was always Empire. It was always Jedi. Or Superman 1 or
0: 2? We always... Because we had Superman 1 and 2 recorded off of TV. And and the Star Wars movies we had from various types of recordings. Um, our thing was always Superman 4. Or my thing... Well, that was when I was older. Superman 4. When I was younger, it would be like Superman 3. Or... Um, gosh, what's one... We, all, we always watch One Crazy Summer. Which is just this random... Movie, I, I, it it feels like a John Hughes movie, but I don't think it is. Uh, Demi Moore, John Kuzak, Bobcat Goldwaith, we just love that movie. And uh, but yeah, <laughs> we did the same thing. Always rented the same movie over and over and over again. Do you remember when Winn Dixie used to have like the movie rental thing in the in oh the yeah, stores? and it was like you got the card and took it up to the customer service desk. Yep. Yes, that's what I, we would tear up some Winn Dixie down on Saint Simon's Island, man. So.
1: Oh yeah, and it, I mean it was it was always just the same rotation, and yeah. they would get so mad at me. They're like, "Would you please?" <laughs> I think you, every, you can
0: quote this movie. I think every parent had that problem with childhood because we were like that was the hate. Like after that kind of era, you know, when blockbuster came in vogue, and then Hollywood Video, you know, those little mom and pop places that, that you would go sometimes, and even the even the Win Dixie like kiosk, which now is kind of turned into Redbox. -hmm. For a lot of people, Um, because they wouldn't have this huge selection, it was mostly like newer stuff. Um, But man, that was the heyday of going and renting movies. To me, it just seemed like you know. I I remember uh, when we first moved down to Hazelhurst. One of the first things I I saw was like, "Well, there's the Hazelhurst movie rental place. That's where we need to go rent movies from." (laughs) And they'd have, and what they had was the box. And uh, out on the shelf, and they would have affixed to the box via like a Velcro tab. Like, the you know, how like when you go to places like offices and stuff, they'll have like keys on a on just a round key ring that has a piece of paper and it's written what the key goes to. Mm -hmm. They had those affixed to the box via Velcro with the title of the movie on it. So, you'd take that little thing up to them if it was there. That's how you knew if it was in or not. If it had the little little tag on it and you take Absolutely. it up to the, you take it up to the counter and that's what they, that's what you'd get. Um, and then, and you know, and then comes the days of blockbuster where they just tuck the, the actual tapes behind the, uh, behind the movie boxes and, and they had rows and rows of that stuff. But man, the little mom and pop shops around here, we had one little tiny place that they had, they were renting stuff that they'd recorded off of HBO. <laughs> like you would watch the movie and it would get to the end and be like, coming up next. And, that's how I watched Interspace because Interspace came on after Ernest Saves Christmas, apparently. And we'd rented Ernest Saves Christmas from this place. And on the same Loved, tape. Love that one. Yes, me too. And on the same tape, though, was Interspace with uh, Martin Short and uh, I want to say Nick Nolte. And oh, my gosh. just <laughs> Or maybe that was the Three Fugitives. No, that um, was uh, Quaid. Yeah, Quaid was in Interspace. Yeah. So, yeah. oh, gosh. But those were the days, man. Those were, That was so. It, around here it was just like my Atlanta. it was so skeevy in a way
1: i know we i had a guy listen i had i, I had a guy there had you a, go. A, at the curtis mathis down here which is where we got our stuff yes, um, that's curtis mathis curtis is, was mathis. that a
0: nationwide thing or was that just a georgia thing i don't know i don't either that's, let me, curtis mathis tell your story let me google that for you because i've not heard <laughs> the name i hadn't heard the name curtis do they still exist
1: not here. That's no. what
0: I don't think so. I I thought that was uh, a long time ago.
1: But they, um, I had a guy who would record, you know, like like you said, would do HBO stuff. Well, he would do the pay per view wrestling stuff for me, so I would get like WrestleManias recorded. Yes. Um, <clears throat> so I could take them home and watch them.
0: The vintage Curtis, the official vintage Curtis Mathis site by Glenn Waters. Wow. <laughs> I remember that's going we, into the that's Curtis, where we would get our stuff. I remember going into the Curtis Mathis showrooms as a youth in the early nineteen sixties. They were always so elegant and full of wonderful new console televisions and beautiful stereos. Huh. I wonder where this is. I wonder where this guy's based out of, but he does. It, apparently, he's just collected a bunch of Curtis Mathis stuff. So
1: <laughs> that's great. <laughs>
0: In 1979, Curtis Mathis established Color Time, a home entertainment rental company. Wow. To meet the increasing demands for quality home entertainment equipment. So they must have been nationwide. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I don't know. Wait a minute. This is a wonderful Curtis Mathis company photo taken by James Cooper in 1982 at a banquet in Athens. Hmm. Might not have been nationwide. Might have been a Georgia thing. Let me try to wiki it. Jeez. I'm sorry. I've gotten off on oh, Curtis no, you're Mathis. Fine. Um. No, oh, it was based in Garland, Texas. All right, okay. all right, Athens, Texas, too. So, okay, it was nationwide. Golly, I remember Curtis Mathis. That's,
1: Absolutely, that's um, where that's where I got all my videos.
0: Wow, that's wild. They're still around, apparently. Apparently, they're part of uh, uh Kmart. They re they reemerged with products marketed at several dis- re, dis, uh, discount discount retailers. Now, now they're just doing products. They're not and stuff out but there's curtismathis.com wow okay well there you go all right i've done my curtis mathis research tonight (laughs) so welcome to geek out loud well so (laughs) well here's my question you mentioned the batman and robin thing how do you know about superheroes if you don't read comics
1: just i remember watching um syndication Mm -hmm. on uh, batman 66 oh yeah you know and that 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 would come on tv and uh the 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 george reeves i mean i'm not you know that old obviously but they you know they would play in you know reruns and um so from there it kind of picked up on it and then of course superman you know and i was a i was a big fan of 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 part two that was always my my go-to
0: yes superman 2 you're talking about Mm -hmm. yes oh my gosh i you know, I've always um for the longest time I have, have my whole thing has been um <clears throat> I Superman two is it was the the movie by which superhero movie sequels was judged. Right. And and I just you know and, and to this day, you know, until Captain America Winter Soldier came out that you know, I maintained that. And um it, you know, it, it it had one of my favorite movies of all time, um, or favorite moments of all time when when Superman is, you know, he's like kneel before Zod. <laughs> now take my hand and swear eternal allegiance to Zod, and it's just like Superman takes it and he starts to crush it, and that one lone horn sounds. I'm like, oh my
1: gosh! Yep. So okay, okay. Now, how many times after that did you go outside and pick up a dried leaf?
0: and make the noise i never did that i never (laughs) that's awesome i never did that yeah you know but you mentioned the batman 66 being in syndication i you know for me that was tv was my gateway to superheroes Mm -hmm. you know the batman 66 thing i love batman oh yeah i always loved that show and i don't know that i was ever one i don't i can't I don't remember ever being overly critical even after the Tim Burton stuff ever being overly critical of the original you know the 1966 Batman show the way a lot of people turned on it you know I, I'm not saying that I wasn't I just don't remember doing it um, <clears throat> but uh but that the George Reeves Superman would come on um, there was a there was a UHF station it might have been out of Athens that would on Saturday afternoon sometimes show the George Reeves Superman. And now for those of you who don't understand back in the day you had your VHF channels, wasn't that right Chad, VHF? Mhm. And yep. and and those were your networks, like your ABC, CB, CBS, NBC networks. And then you could flip over on your TV you could turn to the UHF channels and I don't know the technical differences between those things. And I won't get into them now. You may chat, uh, but I don't. And isn't it kind of
1: like, like, AMF it,
0: Yeah. It's kind of the same. Yeah. Kind of the same concept, but your UHF channels, a lot of times where you're more local, almost what would become cable access channels. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and so Athens had one and and I want to say that's where I watched all my cartoons on, um, and and but on Saturdays they would show the old George Reeves stuff but those car, those shows the incredible hulk television show man as a little kid you know that that and then of course the super friends on Saturdays those were my gateways into the superhero stuff mm-hmm. um and you know so nowadays when you see these these networks and stuff doing superhero cartoons and television shows it it's weird because it's like in some ways the success is breeding more and more of it but back then it was almost like especially with like the Super Friends it was almost like a commercial for these things you know they they weren't really selling toys with the Super Friends stuff you know they were selling toys of course during the commercial breaks but you know it was more like well we've got these interesting characters let's use them for this Saturday morning cartoon thing Um But that spawned in me this love of these superheroes, you know, so that when when I started collecting comics and when I realized, oh, my gosh, I can read more and more about this. That's what kind of kind of got me got me completely into it. So. um, So, yeah, that's I mean, that's the gateway. Well, now you mentioned did I mean, I don't know how to ask this question without coming across rude. So excuse me. You, no, go ahead. You you just don't like to read, or or you don't like pictures. Do?
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Was it an access thing? Was it just you know you're just not into the you know you're you're picking, well, up, you're picking up girls instead of comics,
1: baseball cards. Oh, okay, okay. I mean, I I, I got into the baseball, football, and basketball cards. Yeah, um, and for some reason, I just never, I never picked up the comic thing. Um, I I really don't have a good a good reason for it I just well I'm not
0: saying defend yourself sir I'm just you know it's this this weird thing well now what just to kind of and I'm trying to set the stage for this for, for the bigger part of the discussion here sure what's been your favorite superhero movie in recent years and I guess by recent years I mean since um, well, let's just go since 2002 with Spider-Man, you know, coming out and, and what came, you know, after, after that.
1: Of the ones that I've watched, mm-hmm. I mean, there's, there's some that I, that sure. I didn't, I didn't go see just because yeah. they just didn't really interest me. Right. Um, <clears throat> the first Spider-Man trilogy was good when it came out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Um, I mean, I'm 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 actually a fan of 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 the new one. Oh yeah, Um, yeah. I mean, I I think Andrew Garfield is doing a great job. Um, You know, I I, I like their take on it. Um, But you know the 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 first trilogy had its moments of like part two was amazing. Yes, Um, yes. You know that was that was great. Um three, you know, we don't need to go down that road again. No,
0: Lord knows I don't ever want to go down that road again.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we agree on a whole lot of topics on that one, sir. Um but I, I think they, they meant well with it. It just didn't hit. I think um, I
0: think that was a, a, a big case of studio involvement kind of squelching a little bit the creativity of of the man helming it, which would in this case been Sam Raimi. But I also think that people look at Sam Raimi sometimes with some rose-colored glasses and don't realize, you know, the studio didn't make him put in that dance se- sequence, right? So, but I like I like the Amazing Spider-Man and 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 I st- I've got to rewatch because I don't have a firm opinion on Amazing Spider-Man two, um, and so I I've got to rewatch it to kind of you know if to to kind of. Firm up my opinion on it because I know there were moments where I'm like, "Oh my gosh," but there were other moments where I'm like, "Oh my gosh," you know. And it's so it was just like, I had such mixed emotions out of the, coming out of that film.
1: You um, know, my, the the favorite part of that whole movie, and I'm not sure if I heard you talk about this or or, or somewhere else. My favorite part of that whole movie was the end. Oh yeah, yeah. With that, I mean, that little boy and walking oh, up and just standing there, dude. And the, and and then all, all you hear is. I got this kid.
0: Yeah, well, he's like. I think he calls him Spidey. Yeah. I think he refers to the kid as Spider Man. Basically, And he's oh, like, dude, I choked up you on that know, one. I was yes, like, I'm he's sold. like, I'll take over, and I'm like, I'm sold on this. And you know, and there were, Erish and I talked a little bit about it on 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 his last appearance on Geek Out Loud, Erish Shonovice, and and you know, and I agree with all the weaknesses that it had that people say that it had. I totally I totally see where they're coming from. But like I say, those moments that just shined so brightly. I'm like, is it is it worth revisiting? You know, is it so? so I've got to revisit and check it out. But um, anyhow, back to what you're saying. Do you have a favorite? You know, since I'm just saying in this era of 2000, then this new era of superhero movies, which I really do think the Renaissance. You know, it it kind of the rumbling started. I think with X Men, but it really it really hit with Spider Man with well, that first Sam Raimi Spider Man in 2002 you know, that's what I'm saying is since then, has there been one that you would say is a favorite of yours?
1: Not going to lie, Steve man. Of Steel.
0: Okay, cool.
1: Yeah. Good. Uh, Great. You know, I mean, that's to me, I mean, I, and, and I'm a big Nolan um, supporter. Okay. I, I, I will, I will back that movie and defend that all day long. All, all three of them, even, even rises. Yeah. Um, but, um, which by the way I think Nolan shoots himself in the foot but because of how it hurts rises um mm. because of his realistic take on it yeah yeah i think i think that hurts hurts him on and rises but that's okay. a whole different thing no um, I, don't think, I, I, th- I don't think i don't think
0: it is though i i'm not i'm sorry to interrupt you I, i'm not <laughs> sorry i wouldn't but no, I, I don't <clears throat> i don't know that it is um is a whole different thing. I think, I, 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 what, what do you mean that he shoots himself in the foot?
1: Well, because this whole thing, the, the whole thing with, um, begins mm-hmm. on has been grounded, grounded in reality. Yeah. Um, and one of the, one of the arguments, well, not arguments, but, you know, debates, mm-hmm. I should say, um, that, that, that I have with a, a good friend of mine has always been, you know, at the end of Rises, spoiler alert, um, He never had time to get get out of the bat. Right. Um, I'm like... (laughs) (laughs) I I think that Nolan... Because you've been trained Mm -hmm. through two and two-thirds movies that it's set in the real world. So in reality, maybe he didn't have enough time.
0: Yeah. Well, I will say this. I will say that I didn't have a problem with that in in rises because <clears throat> I went, you know, you you go to a point where in Batman Begins he did this neat thing where it was real, 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 and then here comes the comic booky thing in this microwave emitter, mm-hmm. this 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 machine. And even watching it the first time, I said it makes no sense. If you turn that on, it's going to blow up everybody, not just the water pipes, you know. Right. in um, the second one, you know, it was it was realism, realism, realism. Radars, thanks to cell phones, you know, mm-hmm. using it, and I'm like, okay, it's a little more realistic than the microwave emitter, but it's still that comic booky thing that he uses, you know, and and so that kind of hook I really dug. In this one, you had that MacGuffin all throughout with that bomb or the you know the nuclear the the clean energy source and everything, and when he finally takes it, I'm like, you know, is he? I thought they 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 convinced me he died until I saw that last little scene there. And right. and I was like I can buy it. You know, it's a, it's a comic book movie. So I I was okay with that. You know, because like I say there'd been enough lack of realism throughout that um that I, all right, I'll take I'll I'll buy that he somehow escaped a nuclear explosion. You know, he's Batman.
1: <laughs> he's Right.
0: So why not?
1: And I'm okay, and I'm okay with him, you know, taking time out to Draw the bat signal on on the bridge and gasoline. Oh,
0: listen! I joke about that stuff, you know, and I joke but, about how to get back. Dude knack- has style. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Part of his whole deal was theatricality and and deception. And so you have to to inspire the people of Gotham and to inspire the people who were hurt. You've got to throw a little bit of that theatrical flair in there. No pun intended, by the way. Um, right. To 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 just kind of let him know, hey, I'm back. The bat's back. I honestly, those those moments like that to me are comic book movie tropes. That sure. if you think too much about it, yeah, you're going to come with like, why do you spend so much time doing that? I don't care. You know, nope. it worked. Now I'll make the joke every now and again, being snarky. But that's never one of those things I point at Dark Knight Rises and says it just doesn't work. The my problem with Dark Knight Rises comes from the the point that he abandoned being the bat. The Batman, if you will, to to retreat into Bruce Wayne in the comics that never happened. It went against the character that I've known for so long, and so the that's whole a, that's premise. A very valid point. And so the whole premise of the movie for me, I couldn't get over that point. You know, all the other things where people start to pull out plot holes and everything. I hate digging for plot holes. It comes down to me. It just didn't feel like the something the character would have done. But I like that Batman got a happy ending. You know, I like that when it was all said and done, he was happy, and Bruce Wayne is able to smile, because that's something that you never get in the comics because it's a never-ending battle. So, but right, I,
1: and at 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 the end of the day, Nolan told the story of Bruce Wayne, not Batman. Right,
0: right, and you know, and, so. I, and like I say, I get that. You know what I'm saying? And, um, but this Man of Steel thing, now that's that's interesting to me, and it's and I'm excited because now. You know, here we go. And, and again, it's not a debate because I want people, I guess I want people to understand is I like Man of Steel, mm-hmm. but I don't love it the way I wanted to, you right. know, it, I, I feel like well, I get that. I feel like I got a different bill of goods than what I was sold, even in the previews to an extent, you know, because the previews just made me feel those trailers, man, oh, they were just great. made me feel everything that I didn't end up feeling coming out of that movie. Um, except for a few moments, you know, so what is it about the man of Steel that makes it your favorite?
1: Well, I am biased because Superman is my number one. Yes, me too. okay, so mm-hmm. out of the gate, I'm biased um <clears throat> with with Batman being a close second mm-hmm. um so you know, I mean I and i I told my best friend I said, I've got a feeling Man of Steel is gonna bump Dark Knight. out of of number one for me. Hmm. Um, and, and it had no one's touch of it to where when I left that first time, Mm -hmm. I mean, I was blown away, but just like every movie of the, of the dark Knight trilogy, I had to see it again to really get that full effect. Yeah. Um, I mean, I was blown away by, by man of steel, but I was like, okay, the second and third time it got even better. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and it it was. This is where, you know, I I think not being a fa- being. Um. From the comic book, era or whatever helps me because, I don't go into it with a preconceived idea. Hmm. Um. Now, Superman might be a little different because we have like I've I've followed along and I've gone back and, and read things and sure. You know, there might not be much that I, I don't know, mm-hmm. um, which you know, you guys have a lot to to do that as well. Because you know, even through through Smallville, one of the big reasons why I called caught on, caught on on the shoe was because you guys could go into it in in in, in more depth. Mm-hmm. So you guys taught me a lot about that as well. So <clears throat> you know, with with, with Superman. I'm okay with with tweaking things. I'm okay with directors and writers having their own vision. Mm-hmm. Just don't mess with the essence, right? Um, right. And by that, like, like there's there's one script that's, that's floating around, <laughs> and, and I'm glad J.J. J. Abrams is doing Star Wars, and he did a great <laughs> job with <of> Star Trek. <laughs> yeah. But he wrote a script on Superman that would have been absolutely horrible. Yeah, um,
0: I, I remember that. That was back. Um, that was back. That's been a while back. That was back before returns came out.
1: It that's was, a, and it because it, it
0: ends, and it ends with Luther flying off because he was Kryptonian. Yeah, revealing that he's a Kryptonian.
1: Um, and 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 the and the entire time, <clears throat> Krypton never blew up. Mm-hmm. Jor El was still alive, being held captive by his brother. And I mean, it's just, I mean, those those can be things of nitpicking, but to me, that's not.
0: Yeah, and this is where the Superman suit was like in a can of some sort. Yeah, he popped it out of a can basically like the the snake in a can gag. Um, Yeah, I remember (laughs) reading that and I'm like, wow, that's really weird. But I also remember J.J. Abrams responding to to some criticism over it and he's like, look, this was not going to be the final thing. We were throwing something out there because they wanted. Warner Brothers at the time was looking for a whole new take and and that sort of thing. He's like, so that's what we threw at him. He's like, I know it didn't fit what Superman is. And, um, but no, I'm, I I see what you're saying that had they, and I don't know though. Here's the thing. He says that, but at the same time, you wrote it, you know, (laughs) you didn't tell him, you didn't tell him that, Hey, this is not going to work. You need something that works. And it's just like, and it's the same thing with some of the Superman Live stuff, you know, where Tim Burton was going to step in and Superman was going to have daggers come out of his suit and that sort of thing and 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 Nicolas Cage was going to be Superman, you know, a more oh. of a Superman protector. Um and I just oh. yeah, I it was just the idea of 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 that just uh, I was just like, "What?" You know, that kind of thing. Um and and what I loved about Superman Returns is that even though it was kind of a an homage slash remake of basically what Richard Donner had done with a little bit of a twist here and there. I, you know, I, the the heart was there to me, mm-hmm. and that's what I you know I go back to Superman four, the quest for peace. A lot of people they just want to crap all over the movie, but at the end of the day, the heart was there. You know, it was it was Superman facing down the idea of I have all these powers, all these abilities. And I couldn't even save him when he's talking about Pa Kent way back in the first movie. And now it's like I got all these powers, all these abilities, and I'm not supposed to do something about one of the biggest worldwide crises of all time. Crises of all time, yep. you know. And and it's just it it explored that, but what happened is is it just kind of got bogged down in bad effects and being a little too campy in places, you
1: know. Um, it did, and and, <clears throat> and it's easy to, to go back now and see that. But I tell you what, as as a kid, watching those for the first few times. Loved it. It was still good.
0: I loved it. I loved it. I recognized the bad effects right off, you know. I oh, recognized yeah. that it was the same shot of him flying every time. And I always scratched my head as to why they were walking around in space, you know, when they're fighting in the air in space and you can kind of actually tell they're standing on a platform kind of thing. <laughs> but um, but other than that, you know, I just remember thinking, it's Superman. What's not to like? Right. Uh, and, and so with Man of Steel, you know, I come at it as it's Superman. What's not to like? Look, uh, uh, the casting of the movie was fantastic. First class. All the way, man. All the way. Henry Cavill is great. Amy mm-hmm. Adams is, you know, love of my life, and she doesn't even know it. And um, <laughs> Amy Adams could get me to stalk her. You know, like, she's someone that I, could, I might be tempted to stalk one of these days. I shouldn't say that because people take that too seriously. But, you know, she's someone who I look at and I'm like, this is everything to me that that uh, that an actress from Hollywood needs to be. She just ha- seems to have it all together. She's beautiful. She's she's a great actress. She got her start in Smallville. You know, what more do you need? Um, Classy. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Russell Crowe as Jarrell. I love Krypton, man, in, in Man of Steel. Mm-hmm. There was so much good about this movie. But it, it for somewhere, it just fell flat to me. But you come away with a, just a love for it.
1: I did. And, you know, I even... Like I thought, I thought Kevin Costner was spot on as as Pa Kent. I mm-hmm. wish they would have given him more to do.
0: Mm-hmm. Agreed.
1: Um, him and Diane Lane both. I thought that was great, great casting. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> you know, I, the whole thing with the tornado. Mm-hmm. Um, I trust me. I get everybody's you know argument on that, and it, and, it, and it wasn't. What I thought thought was the best way to handle it, but right. at the same time, I do get what they were trying to do with it by saying, you know, if if he would have let him save himself, if 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 Jonathan would have let Clark save him, mm-hmm. then that would have been very hypocritical on what he was trying to teach him years ago when he saved the bus.
0: Yeah, but and I think. I come, you know, and, and Derek and I had a huge debate about this, is, is I think that what he was trying to teach him about the bus wasn't quite the right thing. Because the Jonathan kid I've always grown up and known is, is you're meant for something greater, not not throwing footballs, but the moment Clark has a chance to save a whole busload of kids, that's what you're meant to do, son. And, right. we'll, and we'll deal with the ramifications as they come up, but I'm proud of you for saving lives.
1: That's Right. And 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 I get that completely, mm-hmm. but I also like the fact that this Jonathan Kent didn't know how to handle this. Yeah, Yeah, well that is he, he, was, he was he was it was I mean, who would? Right, I mean, it was all very new. Mm-hmm. Um, no one, literally, no one on this earth would know how to, how, to, how to handle the situation. There's there's no blueprint.
0: Right. If there if there is a criticism of John Schneider's Pa Kent from you know Smallville, it's he always had the answer. Mm-hmm. But we did get to see him be wrong a time or two, you know. Right. And the difference is we got to spend, what, 100 episodes with the man, basically. And so you really got to see him, you know, you got to see that character more fleshed out, which is, you know, why TV sometimes works a little bit better for stuff like this than, than a movie. Um right. You know, I, I guess I would have liked to, I'm with you, I would have liked to spend more time with Pa Kent, you know, or, or Jonathan Kent, just to kind of, I, I don't know, seen him smile once or twice, you know.
1: He seemed burdened.
0: Yeah, and, and rightfully so. Yep. Rightfully so. But you know, there's there's obvious. But man, uh, Martha Kent didn't. You know, Martha Kent when when Clark comes back around and and he shows up in the super suit and he's like, you know, you're gonna threaten my mother, you know, and then he and then he finally gets back oh. to her and she's like, nice suit, you know. I mean, just unfazed and still lighthearted. and and you know, even with the burden of what she's had to have all these years there's still there's still the ability to smile behind it even when she goes to him as a kid at the school you know she's like just focus on my voice you know imagine it all oh, that
1: that that moment got me i mean i i choked up and i will i am secure enough to admit this i choked up several times in this movie yeah and that was one of them just that that intimate moment of mother and son where the son felt like he was all alone mm-hmm. and you know had nowhere to go and no one to turn to, but that but mom showed up and just said, "Listen to my voice." Yes, yes. You know, that, I mean that, that was just a great moment, and he and he opens the door and comes to. You it, know, I mean that was yeah. that was great.
0: I yeah, and and that's there were those there were those moments like that that were so great. I just wish they'd have held the camera steady for him. <laughs> I mean, it's honest, uh, honestly. That is my biggest problem with the movie. More than
1: anything else, my biggest
0: problem is just the camera work is not there for me.
1: Yeah, and and I, I believe I read where his his either I read or, or heard him say it or something, but he wanted the audience to feel like they were walking with them and they were in the movie with them, mm-hmm. which is why he did that. Well, here's, and that makes sense. It
0: does. It does, Chad. But here's the thing: when I'm walking with people and I'm in a situation. I'm not, my head's not bobbling around. I'm not a bobblehead, <laughs> you know, or I'm not, walk, I wear glasses. I'm not walking around shaking my glasses. So everything kind of moves a little bit, you know,
1: it's. Touche.
0: I mean, I, that's, that's the, I understand the point of the handheld camera usage these days. And it, it, I just think it's not smart. And I really, dude, I feel like they digitally added some shakes in there. I really do. It was overly shaky was the thing. Um, Captain America, Winter Soldier filmed with handheld cameras, but they still inserted crane shots in, in smooth motion. There were still moments where they laid track. Everything wasn't a handheld shot, you see. And, 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 and so it worked a lot better. And, and even in the handheld moments, it was steadier, you know? And I guess that's the thing. It's, it's the same problem I have with WWE these days, not to take it back to wrestling. Right. but it's this whole thing of you move the camera around so much and and the image is only going to be able to process so much and people are only going to be able to see so much you know
1: no i yeah i mean i, I definitely agree with that I, and I, they 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 teach you um that because i mean I, i've i've also been to film school yes so they all they they also teach you that whatever you you do with the camera it has to be to be motivated by something mhm so, you know, I'm sure he had his reasons and I think that was it, mm-hmm. but it just didn't hit for a lot of people.
0: Yeah. And but you're cool with it.
1: It didn't bother me as much as it does you. Okay. <laughs> That's fun. That's fine. You well, know, you, mean, know it, you
0: know why I I think I know why it bothered me so much. Okay. Why's that? And and I'm gonna and I'm gonna spill off of this and I'm gonna ask you another question real quick about wrestling in just a second. It bothered me because I went to the preview night where you got the tickets from Walmart, you know? Mm -hmm. And they had like the whole little package beforehand. And Zack Snyder's like, yeah, really pay attention to the scenes on Krypton in the background. There's a lot of neat Easter eggs there. And so I decided to try to do that. And I couldn't because, because the kid. And so that's when I started to notice it. And I never could unnotice it. So let me ask you this now, just really quickly, shifting gears to the wrestling thing. And I'm, you know, taking a sidebar real quick with the way WWE films their product these days. Is that something you don't notice? Does that not bother you? Am I? Am I? What I'm saying is, am I the only one? One
1: hundred percent honesty, Steve. Yeah. I don't notice it. Okay. All right. I'm the only one. I really well no, because apparently Dave does too. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, and y'all kill me with with this, but no, I mean, it, now the one thing is, like, I, I will notice it when I go back and watch, like, say WrestleMania three mm-hmm. on the network. Yeah four nine 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 um I, like I loved how they just almost set the camera there and you watch the match play out
0: yeah well and I reckon you know and they were working with less cameras back then and everything you know my thing is nowadays like you watch like let's say someone's down on the mat all right and the dude's standing over him and he's kicking him it's like they follow the foot with the camera right they're trying to follow right. the foot um and that makes no sense to me. It's like you're not. That's not what matters here. What matters is the man is getting kicked. So if you're going to go in on something, you need to go in either on his face, or just hold, just get him in frame real well and hold that. And you can go around it. They used to do this thing where every time there was an impact, they would snap to a different camera angle. I I got over that. I didn't like it, but I got over it. You know, to me, (laughs) because to me, it's like, oh, we got a new toy. Let's play with it. You know, there seems to be no thought process behind it. With Snyder, I know the idea with Man of Steel was, well, let's try to make it feel like you're really walking along here. Let's really try to make it feel like you're doing this. Um, but Alicia says it's a movie. I'm never going to be in it, no matter what the camera does. And I tend to agree with her. And so for me, that That's took a good point. that took away from some of the moments that it, that should not have had, you know, been taken away from. And you know, I I I would love to be you in the sense that it doesn't bother me and then it doesn't, and I don't notice it. I would love, I, because I think it would increase my enjoyment of this movie a thousandfold.
1: Yeah. It, it, I'll say this. It doesn't take me out of the movie. Um, and I agree with you that how returns was shot was better as far as Steadicam. Mm hmm. Um, but the cinematography of this movie was absolutely beautiful. um, Especially for a Superman movie, mm-hmm. Sh- you know, shaking the camera aside. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the shots in this film were gorgeous, um, especially the things you know that, that was in the trailer with the the, the butterfly and the yeah. and the and, and, and the dogs and you know and the the wagon wheel and mm-hmm. um, you know some of these very you know artistic shots. And I tell you the when 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 he showed up. Floating over the army. Yes. Yeah. That, yeah. That's one of those slow. That's one of those slow clap moments. I'm like, yes, yes sir.
0: Yeah. Oh. Oh. And it was. It was a great reveal in that moment yep. too. You know. And that's the thing. There were these. There were these moments that were so good. And I'm like you. I. Th- there were moments that were so so stinking good. And 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 I don't think that in those moments, like the camera work doesn't detract from how amazing those moments are. I'm just taking as the film as a whole. You know, yep. there were just no, moments. Uh, it, there were moments absolutely. that attracted for me for that, and and so, um, but, but yeah, I'm dude. I in in the score, I love the score of that movie. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think it's it, it was it was a daunting task that Hans Zimmer had, because you had to not do John Williams, not even pay homage to John Williams, and and still come away with a score that was iconic and powerful. And worthy of the greatest superhero of all time. And I feel like Zimmer did it. Now, Jimmy Mack from Rebel Force Radio disagrees with me on that point. You know, he he feels like it's a little too percussion heavy. But I... I, It is. I mean, it is definitely... I mean, Lord, he had, what, a 42-piece percussion band come in and do some stuff with him? But I I, I like it. It drives drives that movie in, in a really good way, I think.
1: It does, and it fits the tone of what they were trying to do with it because, <clears throat> well, I mean, I speak like I like I know Zachary told me this, which, <laughs> but to me it seems like, especially with Zod being being very militaristic, mm-hmm. you know that percussion and the march and, yes. the, and the drums. I mean, that's, yeah. that's that's what they were they were trying to get across. It was a battle. It was a war. Yes. So to to me that fit the tone of the movie. Um, you know, and the, the horns came in when the horns didn't should come in. Um, but, no, I mean, I, it, it was percussion-heavy, but I, I think I think Hans Zimmer hit it out of the park. Um, he didn't try to do anything what John Williams did, and he shouldn't need to.
0: Mm-mm. No, I agree. I mean, this was, you know, from the moment we first see Krypton, it, you can tell it's a whole different ball of wax. And let me tell you, I loved Krypton. I can't say enough how much I loved what they did with Krypton. I oh, love that there was life on Krypton you know and, and water for crying out loud and and animals and, and all kinds of stuff it was just it was super cool to me well let me let it was, me it was
1: it it was very star wars ish in
0: in some ways in some ways, but it was also you understood that environment with just the one ride through the flying dog thing that he had you know whatever it was you know through the the one ride through the city, even though it was war torn, you understood the environment you understood the planet. You know, they, they showed you enough of that stuff. And, um, and I like their technology. I like their, their technology reminds me of those, those things you can buy for like two bucks at at Walmart where you put your hand on the little pins, you know, and it leaves the image. (laughs) But I like that technology. I really liked it, you know? Um,
1: and 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 can I just say real quick that yes. the flying the, the, the flying dog had nothing on Falcor
0: oh indeed well well I I, I was being rude I, it wasn't a dog it was more lizard like <laughs> I know but um well let let me shift gears just a little bit and say you know so sure. that's your favorite one that's come out in recent what's your favorite of all time would you say Superman two is your favorite of all time as far as superhero movies go or is Man of Steel is that is that your favorite of all time.
1: I'm kind of in the moment. I mean, I, okay. I think, you know, Man of Steel. Now, Cap 2 came close. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, Cap 2, that one. I'll, I'll say this. As much as I'm a defender of Chris Nolan, mm-hmm. had had he hired that stunt team and fight choreography from Cap 2, <laughs> it Batman. would by far be the best trilogy of all oh, time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Well, it yeah, Cap two is 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 amazing, and that
1: um, that that bridge sequence when when Cap is fighting Winter Soldier and Falcon and all uh, that's that's just amazing choreography, mm-hmm. and how they I pulled com- that off agreed. visually, agreed, was just unbelievable. And
0: and again, because of the way my eyes work, apparently the camera gets a little too shaky there, but it's not that bad. You know, you you get the. With those fight scenes like that, what you get is not just the intensity of what's going on, but you get kind of the frenetic feel of of being up close in a fight. When, when it gets chaotic like that and you can't really tell what's going on, and it keeps it from looking like a dance. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it keeps the fight from looking like a dance, which I think is smart. You know, Ra's al Ghul tells uh, Bruce Wayne in Batman Begins, this is not a dance. You know, right. and, and so... And they went a long way in the choreography of the fighting and the filming of the fighting in Batman Begins, so that it wouldn't look like pre-choreographed dance-type moves. You know, like you're like you're just kind of memorizing a set of punches and kicks. Um, and so you did that. You had that in the in in Cap 2 as well. Uh, there's that move that the Winter Soldier does where he takes and flips the knife around by throwing it up oh. there, and just catches it in midair and goes. To, oh, oh, it's my great. Gosh, yes, it's so cool. Well, let me. Where do you fall then on? on the marvel movies i mean are you are and i mean by the marvel movies i guess i need to say the marvel cinematic universe iron man incredible right. hulk iron man 2 etc do you do you are you a, are you pro all of them were there some that just do not hit for you are you know where do you stand on those guys
1: no I, th- I think um there hasn't been one yet that i walked out of being like that just wasn't it um, I mean I even like Iron Man two. Not as much well, no, I I take that back. I I I'm sorry, sir, I misspoke. Oh, okay. Iron Man three Iron Man three.
0: Well let me let me let me stop you before you misspoke further. And um you you were starting to, the, the, the the interference was starting to come in again. Talk to oh, me.
1: Oh. Um Yeah, <laughs> let
0: me let me call you right back real quick again. Let me refresh this thing again. Okay, sorry, okay, sorry. Uh, no problem. No, it's not your fault. You have nothing to apologize for. Skype should apologize. <laughs> so here we go. Hold on, I'll call you right back. Man, Skype, where's Oh, see, and it doesn't let me it doesn't let me tell you, hey, this was a terrible call. Skype's supposed to let me rate the call, but it didn't. Hey man. Uh, hey buddy. Hey, you're back. And that's again, it's not on you. It's on Skype. It's not on me, it's on Skype. If it were Riley Blanton, it'd be on Riley. <laughs> <So>. Blast Skype. <laughs> So anyhow, you were saying even Iron Man 3 you dug.
1: No. Okay. I I, I dug Iron Man 2. Mm -hmm. Um, Not as much as as 1. It it had its issues, but I I liked... The the more I watch it now, the more it's like, you know, that's not so bad. Right. Um, But no, Iron Man 3 I didn't like. Okay. Um, And I think... And and this ties into our topic. Mm -hmm. Because um, not being a comic book reader, I... The only knowledge I, I knew going in from Iron Man 1 on was just different chat rooms or, or message boards or whatever saying, Where's the Mandarin? Where's Mandarin? You know, they, they right. built the Mandarin up to be this big deal, which to me I thought was Batman's Joker.
0: Right, right.
1: Superman's Lex Luthor. Sure. So going into Iron Man 3, I'm like, Okay, Ben Kingsley. Seeing the, the the trailers, I'm like, okay, he's killing this role oh, already. Yeah. I, I can't wait yeah. to see this. Yeah, and then that happened, mm-hmm. and I'm just like, if they did that with the Joker, people would riot. Indeed, indeed. So, and and for, 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 from what I understand, he's not Iron Man's biggest. Enemy is, is is that correct
0: uh, no I, you know i think he is I, I think that when it comes right down to and i and i and here's how I, I, you know what i'm going to rip off michael bailey from views from the Long box right now um michael bailey you know said if if he's the main villain in the cartoon series that comes out then he's the main villain and uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> and i'm like i have to agree that makes perfect sense to me um as far as a rogue's gallery goes, I I have to say yeah that he's the tops for Iron okay. Man. Um, you know, and and that is a great point you make. And I I take away even the Joker. Let's say they did that to the Riddler. Like mm-hmm. you you promoted this incredibly BA somehow you made the Riddler amazing. And the, and the Mandarin is not like the greatest villain of all time, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying like the Mandarin in the comics is just this amazing person. But I am saying that he's one of Iron Man's top villains. So you take the Riddler, who a lot of people look at and say, yeah, the Riddler, you know, whatever. And you turn him into this B.A. character and all these previews and stuff, and all of a sudden you turn it on its head the way that, it, that happened with the Mandarin. Yeah, I think you're right. People would be way more outraged than what we saw people outraged about the Mandarin. But I also think it has to do with, if, if we're honest... Iron Man. Until Robert Downey Jr. stepped into that role in a movie directed by Jon Favreau, Iron Man was not on people's radar as right. as a culture, you know. And so, the people who are seeing it, Chad, I think, are a lot like you. They go in with no real prior knowledge of these characters, and so that doesn't bother them that much, you know. And and my thing coming out of Iron Man three was. I wanna love this movie. I feel like I love this movie except for this one moment I can't get over. Mhm. So
1: now I mean and and, and I loved the um uh, the trauma that he was going through. Mhm. You know that, that that led from the Avengers? I love that. I, I loved um I love him and the, the that kid. Yes. That was yeah. that was great. <laughs> um even the the him and Rhodey at, at the end was a little Lethal, the weapon is for me. Mm-hmm. You know that, that yes. was that, that was that was really cool. Yep. Um, it's just that once that happened, it, it just kind of it, it it ruined it. Yes. Um, you know, and maybe this may be in a little too hip. You know, too too critical, but it it took me out of the movie too much. Yeah. And from from then on, I mean, I didn't care about Pepper being the one, and you know, and all that stuff. That that doesn't bother me none. Right. Um. But when, when, when you take a big villain like that and do what they did to it, it just kind of,
0: yeah, I mean, I, I tend to agree with you and, um, and, and, uh, and, and I think that, uh, and, and Carun in says in the chat, you know, he says he, he hates that he didn't see a proper iron man in iron man three. And I think that's a point to be made that you had at the end, you had all that armor flying around and everything. But the only armor we ever really saw Tony Stark with in Iron Man 3 never worked fully. You know, right. it, it it either was still in production or it got damaged so badly in that attack that we never really saw Iron Man do his thing. We saw Tony Stark, which is fine. You know, again, I think from a storytelling standpoint everything worked except for the Mandarin in that. But um anyhow, I, you know, we 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 springboarded we we got into that from the whole idea of of the Marvel cinematic universe yeah. and, and your enjoyment of it thus far, would you say Iron Man 3 is the only one that you really have been disappointed with?
1: Let me think. Yes. Okay. I mean, I, Thor 2 was mm-hmm. good, but it wasn't. It, it didn't surpass the first one to me. Right. Um, I think
0: that has to do with the villain. Agreed. You know, I, I really do. I get what they were doing, and a lot of times you get into those big epic villains like that, you know, this dude's only motivation was to bring darkness to the universe. Mm-hmm. You know, okay, he's he's evil. We got to stop him. You know, and so as good an actor as Christopher Eccleston was, it's almost like he was just kind of a a background villain for Loki to be able to get out of jail.
1: Yeah, and see that's that's the thing. I mean, you know, coming after Loki, that's that's some big shoes to fill.
0: Indeed, indeed. And it's it's hard and and Thor's another one whose whose Rogues gallery isn't really that in depth. You know, it's a lot of other mythical type characters from from uh from Norse mythology and that sort of thing. You know, you get into some magic based people and that sort of thing with Thor and and so he suffers when it comes to his films, I think he's gonna suffer from a lack of a good rogues gallery. Because Thor, if he's fighting, if he's not fighting other supervillains on Earth alongside the Avengers, a lot of times he's fighting monsters and you know and, and armies from these other realms, mm-hmm. which I dig. Don't get me wrong, but it's it's definitely different than what you see most superheroes do.
1: Well, and 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 I thought that Thor was going to suffer because of um, Kenneth Brown not coming back. Yeah, I, I think that he set a good tone because I'm 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 a big fan of continuity. If, I agree. If, I agree. If if there's a director who set that world, let him take it as far as he can. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, and and even even with Favro, I mean,
0: yeah, I think I think it was Favro's choice to step away. I'm not sure about that. I don't know. I don't see. I don't know the details on on some of the behind the scenes stuff. What right. what a lot of times what gets me more than because I think the the, the thing that the thread that's holding everything together is Kevin Feige. You know, the big wig there at the Marvel Studios. But I, what what kind of gets me is is the inconsistency in music from sequels to, you know, from, from movie yes. to movie. You know, yes. the inconsistency of score, whereas you have the opportunity to take the score. I thought Thor had an incredible score. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I forget who did that score, the first one, Um but I'm about to find out. Uh, <laughs> uh well, Patrick and, and, Doyle and, and did and it, Patrick Doyle did the first one and the second one was Brian Tyler. Brian Tyler's a great composer. He is. But he didn't really use any of the themes established by Patrick Doyle. You know, and and Brian Tyler, thank God for Brian Tyler, he gave us the Marvel fanfare, which is really cool. Yeah, I like um, that. Um you know, uh same thing with Alan Silvestri doing uh Captain America and then I I don't think I have the Winter Soldier soundtrack. but uh, Cap- Oh,
1: I do. It is. I love it. It is
0: good. It is good. But, you know, the only time you really hear that Silvestri theme is at the very beginning. And I feel like there was option, there were opportunities to take the the Captain America theme because that's what I was most excited about in that movie before it came out was like, oh, my gosh, we've got a superhero with a definitive theme all of a sudden again. <laughs> uh, to take that theme and expand upon it and use it in... In Winter Soldier, and they never really did.
1: No, and and you know, talking about Cap, that's that's the exception to my to to my argument is you know I thought Thor too suffered because of you No know, Brana. Mm-hmm. You know, Cap too kind of got new new directors and shot up. I yeah. mean, they you know it exploded. So,
0: well, what did you think of the first Avenger? Because what's funny to me is I hear a lot of people say this is the greatest thing ever. And then other people are like, oh yeah, I didn't really like the, the first Captain America.
1: It wasn't the greatest ever. Mm-hmm. Um I like because that one and Thor came out in the same year, right?
0: Yeah. Mhm.
1: See, I, I I thought Thor was better.
0: Yeah.
1: I like Cap. Mm-hmm. Um as a character and I, I love Chris Evans as Cap. Um and the way they, they handled it was well, you know, starting with World War Two and and um going from there and that was really well done. It was better than I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. But I mean it was okay. I mean it it's it's more lower on my list of, yeah. the, of the Marvel universe, but no, I mean, I, you know, I don't have a problem with it yeah. at all.
0: See, I like what Joe Johnston did when you start talking about the direction of a movie. I, and and I mean Joe Johnston responsible for uh, you know, uh, the, the Rocketeer, you know, another and I go straight to the Rocketeer because it was kind of a period piece. Mm-hmm. And um and I really I really liked him stepping in to do that first Captain America movie and I thought it worked really well. Um Captain America 2 though blew my mind because it was nothing like Captain America, you know, the no. the first Avenger. And I say that in a great way, meaning that you know, we didn't have all the montages that we had in um in the first Avenger. I feel like I feel like I would have liked to spent more time with Captain America and the Howling Commandos than we got to. Right. Um you know and 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 so in Captain America The Winter Soldier, you've got all this political intrigue, you've got the stuff with SHIELD going on, and you've got the story of a man trying to maintain his integrity and and his belief system in in the midst of this whole situation and um and and it just played so well on all those different levels for me you know um Mm -hmm. and so i i think you know i i I say all that to say uh i i sprung board off of the music conversation there you know but henry jackman did uh winter soldier by the way and henry jackman another great composer you know he did first class uh, yes exactly first class is an amazing score um, my
1: favorite, my my, my favorite uh, song from that one is the one where Magneto lifts the sub out of the water. Oh yes, oh I love it. That that's, that's my favorite. It. Just the, the that musical cue and just how it slows down for him, it builds. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh yes, this is great.
0: Yeah, I, oh my gosh, it's. I need to go back. I did a, a couple of episodes on movie scores a way long time ago. I need to go back and revisit with some of this newer stuff that's come out. Um, it,
1: it 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 makes the movie.
0: It does. It really does. Hands down, it makes the. And movie. It, and and sometimes it can break a movie for me. Yep. You know. Um. And and so I. You know. I'm interested to see, where, you know, where some of this stuff is going to go. If they're going to bring Alan Sylvester back for Avengers two, um. You know. Me, again, we're just talking music wise right now. Um. Or or what if they're going to continue with some of these other guys? And again, there's been no one they've brought in that's untalented on any of these things. It's just the lack of consistency from film to film with the themes musically that were, you know, originally used.
1: Right, prior. and I'm, I'm I'm curious to see: is it the director's call, mm-hmm. or is it Kevin Feige's call? Because normally the director is the one who picks the guy he works with.
0: That's true. That's very true. So, or is it an availability thing? I mean, it could just be an availability thing. You know, right. And right. and uh, you know Tyler Bates did Thor, the Dark World, and he also did the score to Guardians. Tyler Bates is someone who he did the Watchmen score for Zack Snyder, um, mm-hmm. and I've got several by him in in my iTunes. But I you know I know that he did a great job with with Thor the Dark World and the Guardians score. It's just a matter I think of some, like I say just kind of setting those themes in in place and and i don't know if you listen to rebel force radio and what they do um you know uh, the other week they released their 10th volume of star wars oxygen the music of john williams and basically uh david collins on there revealed the luke and leia theme uh from return of the jedi mm-hmm. which is um it, it's a very soft uh, theme I'll, I'll see if I can pull it up real real quick to play it but he plays it and it's like it's something that you know I've always noticed it's in the movie it's not in the movie a whole whole lot in return of the Jedi but it's there and I, of course I've always known it's there I've had gosh I've had how many different iterations of the uh, the the soundtracks um, but so he plays a little bit of this you know here um, let me get ahead. This is, you know, this is kind of the intro going into it. Gosh, here we go. Let me back up just a touch. That part right there. Okay, those five notes that start out that theme. He took, and he's like, now we're all familiar with the Star Wars theme, and he played it out on the piano, you know, and he talked a little bit about, and you know this, being musically inclined a little bit, you know, he talked about the the use of, you you know, your time signatures and that sort of thing. He's like, but if you just play the notes and not worry about the time that they got to fit in, and dude, those five notes are the first five notes of the main theme. Slowed down, stretched out. And I'm Hmm. just like, oh, and I mean, I had chills, listening to him play this out on a piano and, and, and compare and contrast those, those moments. You get someone like John Williams, who and John Williams has, has had all kinds of, um, you know, criticism thrown at him over the years as far as stuff he'll rip off and that sort of thing. But the man knows how to take and work these themes and then work them into a bazillion other things throughout the film. And then to take and revisit them properly when he's doing stuff like Indiana Jones or the Star Wars films, you know, um, oh my gosh, who was the guy who took over in uh in the Superman films? um Richard Lester was the director um Ken Thorne, yeah, did a great job of taking the John Williams music and he basically took that Krypton fanfare um and you know and turned it into the evil music for Zod and mm-hmm. and the villains, you know? And it's just like, to me, that's... If I had one complaint, I don't know how we got here. And I'm sorry, I've run my mouth
1: way too much. Oh, no, that's fine. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you, buddy.
0: I, I don't know how we got here. But if I had one complaint about superhero movies these days, it's not enough following through those themes. That's the one great thing about the Nolan films for Batman. You know, that's not the one great thing. But one of the great things is that when you listen to those soundtracks through there's never a jarring change from film to film you know because it's Hans Zimmer doing it all and he takes that batman theme and he takes that you know th- this this thing over here and he takes this thing and then he adds the new stuff where he needs to add the new stuff and 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 if and that's the one thing i feel like marvel's not getting right with a lot of what they're doing
1: agreed and the the, the thing with zimmer and, and batman is you know batman begins soundtrack was very very basic. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was, it was very basic, and then Dark Knight came up, and, it, and they built on it, and then Rise just took it to a you know a new level. Yes. So it, it built on each other, you know, to the grand finale.
0: Hmm.
1: Um. You know, and I, I know there's there's one guy that doesn't get enough credit, in my opinion, um, is John Ottman. Yes. Yes. Um. I I know that you know he took a lot of John Williams stuff for returns. But some of the stuff that he put in there on his own was Agreed. beautiful.
0: Well, and and the stuff that he would do, even with John Williams's stuff, um, one of my favorite uh, tracks from the Superman Returns uh, CD, the one that came out in two thousand six, not the complete score, but just the soundtrack, is Memories. Yep. Where he takes that piece from Williams, which I think is one of the most beautiful pieces scored by Williams from Superman the movie, where they're standing there in the in the field looking north. Mm-hmm. And and he takes that piece and he works it into this more modern feeling piece where Clark's just kinda of remembering, you know, discovering he could fly, discovering, you know, really his powers and stuff. And then all the other stuff that he put around it really played so well into it. I agree with you. John Ottman uh takes takes a, takes a beating, I think, for some of the Superman returns or gets ignored. For some of his original stuff in Superman Returns, he also yeah he
1: does, and and, and like my my two favorite pieces of that are the, are the big the the, the two um, and of course it's the it's the scene that it, that is shot with as well, which amplifies the or the, the music amplifies that right. scene. Um, <clears throat> you throw a good choir into the mix, mm-hmm. and I'm 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 sold. Yes, yes. Um, when 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 he's just floating above Earth, yes. You know and it has Jarrell's voice over and it builds and builds and builds, and then it shows him just floating mm-hmm. and that choir pumps in oh,
0: oh man the that's uh, great the whole um at the beginning with the Krypton fanfare i've I've got to pull it up right now and play it. Right there, the choir comes in. Oh. Dude, when I saw that in the theaters, I, I was with my friend who is a who is the band director at the high school where I was. Uh, At the time, or no, where I used to be, and one of my best friends in the world, into music, we would get together and have soundtrack, or I'd make him have soundtrack listening parties with me, like when the new (laughs) Star Wars soundtracks came out. And, um, and, and I was just like, dude, do you hear that choir? Do you hear that choir? That's amazing. It sounds so good with the choir in there. And yes, you're right, man. And and there were those other moments too, like you said, with, with the choir. It just, ah, and that's, and it had a,
1: when 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 he floats up to the sun and mm-hmm. recharges, yeah, and that choir kicks in on that one too, yeah, and, and you just see him just getting stronger and stronger and stronger, and it's mm-hmm. like, it's on now. Let's go, yeah. <laughs> let me t- let me just say for all of our listeners, you
0: just heard the southern come out and Chad Reed. It's on now. Let's go. So-
1: Let's go. <laughs> oh yeah it really do we have any listeners anymore i mean have have we run them off yet
0: uh yeah we've got a few people in the chat but you know people downloading this later it's all it's all on demand chat um so oh my gosh yeah that's the thing is like this is one of those conversations where i go on and on oh me too and you know at the end of the day what i love is you know you've come on and i hope People have heard, I, again, I always end up talking too much because people mention them. I'm like, oh yeah, it made me think of this. I got to talk more about this. <laughs> um, you know, I hope what people heard, especially, I love the fact that your favorite movie, your favorite superhero movie of all time right now is Man of Steel. Mm-hmm. Because what it afforded us to do was have a good conversation about Man of Steel, you right. know, and really kind of promote what was good about that film from the casting to the story. I love the story. I don't think the character was lost. I thought the heart and the essence of the character was there in that movie. You know,
1: I, I, I agree 100 percent. And I think that what we saw was um, Superman day one. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and as as and, and yeah, he's going to have to learn how to how to handle everything. And I think that, you know, and, and I get the deal about, you know, how he handled Zod and but what was he supposed to do? Zod told him several times he would kill everybody he cared about.
0: Mm hmm yeah
1: and and he said, This day's going to end with either I dying or or you dying, yeah, he gave him no choice,
0: yeah, well, you know what revolutionized the way I thought about that is what Derek said when we were talking about it. He's like, you know, Superman doesn't kill, he has a rule, he doesn't kill. this is why this moment yeah. in time and and I absolutely love that take on that whole moment because it it makes sense. It what what, what
1: what sells me on the fact that it was okay was his reaction afterwards.
0: Yeah, yeah, he was he was heartbroken by it. Yep, he was heartbroken by it. So, um, well, dude, I've had a blast, man. I, we we we've gone so long, and I've had such a such a good time. I hope you've had a good time as well, sir. It, it's over. Yeah, we got we to gotta shut her down. <laughs> we got to shut her down.
1: <laughs> Absolutely, man. This has been so much fun.
0: Yeah, I've had a blast, and I appreciate you. I'm looking forward to hanging with you in Rome in a couple of months. Or no, just a month. It's October, isn't it? It is. It's like six weeks. November 15th, sir. Counting down. Counting down. Looking forward to it. Uh, well, Chad, is there anything you want to plug
1: before we I I wrap have up? to plug right now.
0: Okay. All right. If anyone needs any any
1: wedding videos or anything, well, I I do do that as well. Yeah. So, um, I'm trying to get that going, and you know, I, I shoot um, some commercials and short films, and okay. working on a feature. So.
0: Oh wow. Yeah. Well, maybe maybe we need to get you to help us out with Geek Out Loud, the movie. I don't know, if you know, we've got a pitch for that or not, but we.
1: <laughs> you know, I actually thought about an idea today that would that might could work. So we'll see. I mean, don't tease us. <laughs> <laughs> well I'm having to to I, I had the the uh, initial thought, so I'm having to work myself around the actual okay. story idea. But but yeah, I mean it, it, it might can work. All
0: right. Well cool. Cool. Well we'll talk about it down the road, man. Well Chad, thanks so much for coming on. Thank you for your for being a supporter, man, on Patreon. I can't tell you how much that means to me and I'm glad to be able to tell you like this in a way, you know, face as close to face to face as I can right now to to say thank you because it it means the world, and I and I greatly greatly appreciate your support, my friend.
1: Well, Steve, I mean it's it's, it's it's been great, and um, you've helped me out through a lot, and whether you know it or not, but you know it's 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 my honor to help you out this this way, and doing the little bit that I can to help. So, well, it's my honor, sir. Well, it's
0: been good to have you on, my friend. You can follow Geek Out Loud everybody on Twitter at Geek Out Loud. I'm at Steve Glosson. Chad, you got a Twitter? Anything you want to plug?
1: Yeah, it's at Chad two four seven nine
0: at Chad2479 and hey, don't forget at Starkville Labs Starkville Labs coming your way Facebook.com slash Geek Loud and Facebook.com slash Starkville Labs make sure you like us over there head over to GeekOutOnline.com to uh, sign up for the newsletter to check out the Goldiverse Wall of Fame of which Chad is a part uh, there's the t-shirt link there and of course the Amazon link there as well you can email us at GeekOutOnline at gmail.com and if you want to support the way Chad is supported, uh, you can head over to patreon.com slash geekoutloud to support the show on a regular basis. Uh, we're doing uh, the exclusive podcast uh, is coming up. Uh, it's going to be commentary on The Incredible Hulk. There'll probably have to be two throughout the month of October. But, um, but we're, we're counting down the days to Avengers 2 by going through the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And I had a blast with Iron Man. Looking forward to doing Incredible Hulk as well. Well, that's going to wrap it up for us this time. On the old Geek Out Loud. Thanks so much for joining us. Those who join us live in the chat at Mixer.com slash Golaverse. And uh, until next time, I'm Steve. I'm Chad. We'll see you next time, guys. On Later. Geek Out Loud.